Good to have you here on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day. So much to get to here on the show. Obviously, uh, we will talk some college football on the show. Mike Leach uh, yesterday sounding off on college football. Hey, if we can we can do it in horse racing. Why can't we do it for college football, right? Why can't we uh, make an exception and, and add more teams here to, uh, to college football? We'll talk about that. Darren Heitner going to join us. He's a sports attorney and author of How to Play the Game and an NIL uh, advocate. He has some things to say about the new rules, protocols, guidelines, what the enforcement, whatever you want to call it, from the NCAA on name, image, likeness. And we'll talk to him about that coming up here in just a little bit. But, Ben, Braves start a series tonight, a quick series with the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox have lost five in a row and six of their last seven. So you hope you don't catch the uh, Red Sox on a uh, turnaround here uh, where they get back to their winning ways, especially since the Braves, you seem like, are are playing some better baseball, and you hope maybe this is a series where you can keep that going against a team that at the at the moment is struggling. Yeah, Kevin, the, the thing about the Boston Red Sox is, I mean, everybody that's played them has even got them on this losing streak. Understands how you know uh, how much uh, you know how much of a problem this team can pose if they bats get hot. But if you are a Braves team, you saying to yourself, look, it's not. Listen, we don't care. Listen, I don't care about their misfortune at this point. We're a team that's been scratching the clawing to get to five hundred, get over five hundred throughout the course of the season, and now you know adding a guy like our Ronald Cunha Jr. back to the lineup. I mean, look at what he does for the rest of the team. Look at what he – I mean, obviously, too, Kevin, this is a Braves team that I think real similar to a Boston Red Sox tour, New York Yankees tour, Dodgers. You know, when you got that much firepower in the lineup, they just got to get them bats going. Because once they get going – because the thing about the Braves is you'll see 9-5, 8-2, and you think a bunch of home runs. Nope, nope, bunch of guys getting on base, bunch of RBIs. They don't be but two or three homers at the end of the day. So I do think this, this Braves team is trying to, you know – you got to be able to ride the wave of momentum. Ronald Cunha Jr. is going to make any team he's on. Thank God it's, it's them Bravos much better. Dansby Swanson has been really, really good as of late. I think that I think that uh, you know pitching, Kevin. And when you look at you know, it's all it's always going to come down to the starting pitching. How how many innings can they give you? But go out there and be yourself. Um, the one thing too, I, I give Snit a lot of credit. Snit, like, look, I've I've kind of uh, you know grown and gone through the gun these last four years too. Don't act like Braves fans. I fall, y'all fall in a lot of love with me during games. The final score literally really has to do with oh, Snit don't know what he's doing. He don't know what he's doing with the bullpen. He's he, you no, know, he's keeping the starting pitching in too long. No, go out there and get a win. Try to win another series. And I think <clears throat> I think this Braves team, Kevin, for me, uh, is always going to be dangerous because we always say oh. They've never shown glimpses of how great they can be yet. But now, now they've given you some moments. And I don't know what it is with baseball this year. Everybody want to score all their runs in one inning. It'll go from, you know, two to one. To, hey, man, it's, it's six to one now. Where they score five runs in one inning. Just want these Bravos to get back off to a, to a good start, get a big win starting tonight. And uh, let, listen, be aggressive at the plate. Who, or whoever, who's ever pitching tonight? Uh, you know, who we got, who we got starting pitching it's, tonight? It's uh, Kyle Wright. And I would say this about Kyle Wright too, Kevin. His wasn't his best outing, right? Uh, last time we saw him up. But when it comes to the pitching, I always say this: starting pitching has a lot to do with how many points are on the board. You are you give him some early some early runs that gives him some confidence because it gives him a cushion. While you while we are good enough to win two to one, three to two, I don't like the nail biters. <laughs> I really it's something about the eighth and ninth inning in baseball to where. Everything that worked before that, guys start getting on. Oh, the tying run is on second, this, that, and the third. But 
It is Boston. They're going to always go into all types of respect from everybody they play. The Bravos have them up right now. Let, let, let's make sure they stick with their losing ways. Let's keep them over in that losing column. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Kyle Wright's done really well. 174 ERA, 3-1 uh, so far. Kind of found himself since that World Series outing. And, again, for the most part, it's been really, really good here in, in 2022. And, now you, again, you hope that continues here for the Braves coming up. Uh, and, again, just a little quick two-game series with the Red Sox today and tomorrow. So, again, as Ben said, Acuna back. Everybody has been uh, obviously pleased to have him back in the lineup for the past week or so, and you feel like he's really starting to find his stride. And we talked about it yesterday. Uh, this is one of the guys that, when fully healthy, no doubt a top-five guy in Major League Baseball, top-five at worst, uh, probably, uh, player in, in Major League Baseball. So, uh, again, good to have him back. Good to see some guys that are starting to pick it up. Dansby Swanson, we talked yesterday yesterday. Uh, Starting to heat up offensively. Yeah, the strikeouts are bad. We've had several folks, you know, mention to us, hey, the strikeouts, the Braves are way up there in strikeouts per game. I, I would hope that's going to start coming down here a uh, a little bit. And, uh, again, I'm not a big – you talk about all the analytics that people get into, and that's one of the things in baseball, like, oh, strikeouts don't matter. And it, it, I, I'm still one that thinks they do because at least if you put the ball in play, you force the defense to do something – Maybe they make a mistake and you can get a run. You got to can't strike out so much. I, I I wish we would go back to the days where if you strike out two hundred times, that's embarrassing, right there. And I get it. I, I get it. Guys are throwing devastating stuff. Yes. Like you are seeing more guys throw ninety nine hundred miles an hour than you've ever seen. Breaking stuff that that moves ridiculously. That being said, you're in the major leagues. You're a professional hitter. You got to try your best not to be a two hundred strikeout guy. Uh, a 175 strikeout guy because he's just unproductive uh, to a T out there. And I hope maybe Dansby's starting to move uh, in the right direction as far as the strikeouts go. Maybe the Braves as a team uh, will move in that direction. I think MLB is uh, doing a little something with the baseball. Uh, hopefully they get it straightened out so maybe it moves a little better, gives you something not as, not as dead as uh, players have claimed they'd be. So we'll see if MLB makes an in-season adjustment with the baseballs. But that's also been a big talking point from uh, a lot of guys been about how the baseball is dead. Maybe from a pitcher standpoint, it doesn't uh, doesn't feel the same, doesn't move the same. The the baseballs are inconsistent uh, with what you're getting from one baseball to the next. I know that's something. If that were the case in football, you'd certainly hear about it. The quarterback saying, "Look, when we swap out footballs, what I'm getting as a replacement ball is not the same as what I was throwing before. The next one's a little bit different than that." They would be complaining much like the baseball guys are complaining about the uh, the baseball right now. So, I hope Major League Baseball takes that under consideration and gets that fixed, and uh, again, I know everything's being geared towards being more offensive-driven, and if you want that to be a case, you got to figure out a way to not have teams striking out 9, 10, 11, 12 times a game, and, you know, multiple guys potentially on teams, 175, 200 strikeouts, put the ball in play, uh, and try to generate more offense. I think that's what baseball wants. Sometimes they don't do things that uh, make you think they actually want to do that, but I think that's the end end all be over. There's a lot of people saying, look, it shouldn't be home run strikeout. That's that's what you're going to get. Uh, you know, a home run strikeout uh, or a walk. It shouldn't be a three outcome type game. Should have some some things uh, come back into play. And I think that's what they're trying to get to in Major League Baseball. There's no way they. There's no way you can. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna force the baseball uh, to cooperate. Like think about that, Kevin. You, like you just said. If you got really, really good pitching, as you mentioned, some of these pitches are really, 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 really good. And, I mean, I, it used to be a time where a guy could throw in the high 90s. You go, wow, guys be 102, 103. You're like, what in the – Oh, yeah. And so, reward the pitchers for saying, look, if the ball ain't dead, right, you just – you got a you got a live arm throwing that thing. <laughs> it's, 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 and, I, and, I, and I will say this. 
the early complaints of baseball happen every year, right? The first month and two of the season, oh, man, it's this, it's that. Is it the homeless? You know, is it the strikeouts or walks? Okay. Well, you know what, what, you know what, what, you know, uh, the uh, Pete Roses of the world ain't, ain't what it used to be, right? We there for the long ball now, right? It used to be a time where getting hits, you want to get guys on base. No, you're going to see home runs. You're going to see strikeouts. But I just think it's just, you know, pitching has gotten much better. And the hitters, the hitters are so aggressive now. Like, I used to be a time where guys, look, man, I'm just trying to give you quality at bats. I'm not trying to make sure I have 40 home runs. I'm trying to give you, you know, 80, 90 hits. I mean, you know, some a really, really good. But now, Kevin, it's more of the hitters. Look, man, I'm trying, I'm trying to leave the yard. And that's and that's the Aaron Judge effect, right? That's the Ron Lacuna Jr. effect. That's the Tatis. And so the best players in the league are driving other guys to get out of their game. Hey, dude, what are you doing? I'm not a power hitter, so what are you doing? I see y'all just swinging for the fences. It'll be fine. It's early in it's early in the season still. But I don't want to get I don't want to hear about no complaining. Just if you just happen to have a guy who got a chance to have a perfect game, <clears throat> Dodgers, yeah. don't take him out. Like that to me, that is what should be a crime. Yeah. Don't right run there. from history, chase it, right? That's <laughs> exactly, what, that's, that's, exactly. That's what everybody should be doing when you have those opportunities in sports. We got again so much to get to here on the show. Love to hear from you. At Pigskin Radio there on Twitter, streaming live ESPNCoastal.com as well. We'll talk some NBA and we'll talk uh, NIL. We've got Darren Heighton, your sports attorney and NIL advocate and author of How to Play the Game. We'll get his thoughts on the very latest from the NCAA coming up uh, this hour as well. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Welcome back here on this Tuesday. We'll chat with Darren Heitner coming up in about uh, 20 minutes here on the program. Well, maybe a little longer than that, but he'll join us. We'll talk about uh, name, image, likeness, and what the NCAA handed down yesterday. How does that even get enforced by the NCAA? He'll join us, a sports attorney and author of How to Play the Game. So uh, looking forward to, to having him on the program. Speaking of playing the game, you got the NBA playoffs uh, going on right now. you got 76ers and Heat. They're two apiece. Mavericks and Suns, two apiece. Celtics and Bucks, two apiece. About the only one that's uh, one-sided, the Warriors and the Grizzlies. 3-1, and John Morant obviously did not play uh, last game, so you missed it. And this has uh, been a situation where, obviously, in the postseason, stars get made. Mm-hmm. You know, Giannis was the Greek freak. Yeah. But he really took off once Milwaukee started making runs in the postseason. Then, of course, when they brought home uh, that championship. That's why we talked yesterday about Jokic, back-to-back MVPs, and how much bigger of a star would he be if Denver could could, could make a run uh, in the postseason, right? And you look at a guy like John Morant. John Morant is a big name, right? How big of a name could John Morant be in the NBA once you have playoff wins under your belt? Once you have uh, Western Conference Finals appearance yeah. uh, to your name? Obviously, they're in a tough spot. They're down 3-1 to Golden State, which a lot of people think out of the West right now might be the favorite. But how entertaining has this been, and are there some new superstars being made because people will say, "Oh, John, I would say John Morant is a star on the verge of becoming a superstar." But to me, you get superstar status when you get it done in the postseason, at least on some level. Like if you're in out, it you know you're a star. You be you will never be a superstar until you can do something in the postseason. What are we seeing here in 2022? I mean, for me, I mean the guy that's been standing out. I hope they can keep it going. Is Devin Booker for the Suns? I mean, I. Did not see him being as great as a player he's become since he came out of Kentucky, but um, has a guy in CP3 next to him. DeAndre, <coughs> excuse me, DeAndre Aiden is a really, really good player. But, Kevin, 
I look at the Celtics. Yes, you got Giannis, right? And obviously, uh, the Bucks are missing Chris Middleton right now. It kind of showed a little bit, but Jalen Brown, you know, Tatum and those guys, Tatum and company, they those guys are really, really, a really, really good one-two punches. Shout out to the old vet, you know, Al Horford, thirty points last night. You almost forget Al Horford's still in the league, yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah. wait, he's still with Boston. I mean, he's still I mean, the- when you start saying things like, you know, 36, 37 years old, that means the guy's been in the league what 15, 16, 17 years, but. I like Jalen Brown. I mean, I, I, I like uh, I like Tatum and those guys. You know, obviously, obviously you got Luca, right? But uh, isn't he the one? I mean, and again, John Morant and, and Luca Doncic aren't yeah. they the two that if you're and I know people say, oh, it's rigged. It's not. But aren't you? Aren't those the two that if you're the NBA, if you're Adam Silver, you're sitting back there going, man, it really would be nice if Dallas could get to. Uh, the conference finals. It would really be nice if Dallas could make it to an NBA finals with Luka, even if they don't win, right? Just so you get that showcase of, I mean, it's one thing to say you see it in the regular season. Some people watch it. A lot of more people watch, obviously, in the postseason, and you see these guys bring it to another level. Uh, and, and what Luka's done, I think he was, I, I, and I don't want to misquote this, but he did something like only he and Michael Jordan had done in, the post, in terms of points yeah. and how much they'd average like, in their like, first like, like, I think he's laid his team as points, uh, rebounds, and minutes uh, since he's been. Uh, but I will say this for Luka, though, uh, uh, you know, Kevin. Luka needs uh, that superstar uh, tag. Like, it, it's what it did for Trey Young in 2020. Trey Young goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. The whole world is saying, oh, that go Trey Young. You got this, you know, this small, you know, this small uh, point guard for Atlanta scoring all these points. Luka. To me, it is one of the faces. Because I think it used to be a time where the NBA was one face, right? Well, you had, you know, Bird and Magic. I get it. You had two guys on two different coasts. I get it. You got Michael Jordan, you know, still in the country, boom. Since then, it's always been faces. It's been Shaq and Kobe, LeBron and D-Wade. I think that's good for the NBA. Because if you think about it, there are certain – most of these teams aren't in major markets. I mean, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies. Like – you take John Moran off that off that team, they ain't worth watching. If they worth what, you know. So, I'm, I'm just saying, it's, it's just it's just one of those things, right? The Dallas Mavericks. No more Dirk. You go from Dirk to Luca. Luca ain't got a lot of help, but he is making it interesting right now with how well of a player he is, right? And there there what there was a James Harden sighting last night. You know, no Joel Embiid. He had to go out there and be vintage James Harden. I don't know if it's gonna help him win the series, but really, really good. And I just go back to Jalen Brown, you know, uh, Jason Tatum. I think two guys in Boston about the story of a franchise you get, not named the Lakers. Find a way to get it done. But, Kevin, as far as, like, young, has it been entertaining? Absolutely. Young superstars, I'm sorry. Jai's about as big of a superstar as you're going to get because he plays above the rim. Luka, Luka ain't dunking on nobody, people, but he getting you buckets. Like, Luka is getting you buckets. But do you agree, I mean, you said, uh, do you agree with me? I, I'm off base on John Morant and say he is a star. Maybe you could say he's a superstar. Mm, I don't know what the next step would be, but does he need to win in the postseason to kind of elevate him to that level of megastar that you see around the NBA? Absolutely. Or do you just say, look, he's on Memphis and he's doing what he can, and that is what it no, is? No, 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 regardless of it. I mean, look, look, let's call it what it is, AI. When AI was with, you know, uh, Philadelphia, he won MVP of the league with Shaq, with Kobe and, and those guys in the league doing their thing and took him to the finals. Now, he met Kobe and Shaq in the finals. But what took him to the next level? It ain't, oh, practice. Pra- no, no, that's one. That's an iconic, you know, uh, press conference. But when he shot the when he shot the three over Tyron Lue and he stepped over him, that's him arriving. I mean, you could say Magic and Bird changed the NBA. Mike saved the NBA. I don't know if there's more of a cultural imp- uh, icon for the NBA than Allen. I got that small. 
doing what he did. But he, but like you say, Kevin, you say to yourself, the 76ers in the finals? Against who? <laughs> Against Big Diesel and Kobe. So you know they weren't going to win, right? But the fact that he was the best in the Eastern Conference. So I think that, you know, when LeBron, not saying he needed it, but when he took that 2007 uh, Cavs team to the finals, that's, that's superstar stuff. He's not going to win, but that's superstar stuff. So, yes, Kevin, you want superstar status? Because people are like, James Harden is a superstar. He is because he won the MVP. Not for what he do. Because certain guys, they want that legacy of what I do in the postseason. I think John Moran, I think Luka, I think they got a shot. And there are certain guys, as you said, you talk about the Lakers and, and them not being in it, but uh, the Celtics are that other team on the East Coast. Uh, been, uh, you got the Lakers on the West Coast, Celtics on the East Coast, where if you are a Jason Tatum, you can be a great player. You can even be a star in the league. But in Boston, you don't become that icon nope. until you win the championship, nope. right? Yep. That's yep. it. And I would say, yep. I don't and know right that so. outside of Boston and L.A., I don't know there's another franchise that you could say that. You could say, what about Go-? I think Golden State's kind of a recent thing. Like the, the, the Celtics and the Lakers, two iconic yep. franchises of the league where stars have been made and you win championships. Kevin Garnett was a great player. Kevin Garnett became a superstar and a Hall of Famer. He might have been on this trek anyway, but he became a legendary player in Boston yep. once he won a championship. Paul yep. Pierce was a great player. Yep. Paul Pierce was an excellent player, all-star. I mean, he's on the all-star team every year. Paul Pierce, this, that. Became a legendary superstar player when he won that championship yep. in Boston. If you're, if you're, if you're Jay Tatum, right, right or wrong, look up. Yep. Just look up there. And you see Bird. Do you see your name on that, Jace? I yeah. know. Because yeah. you have and, and, and Kevin. And you got to have like, that championship. Listen, listen, the standard is the standard. It's already been there. The, the, it doesn't get more iconic. The, the, the three most iconic teams in the NBA, Boston, the Lakers, and unfortunately for us, the Knicks. Like, the Knicks are iconic. Now, the Knicks ain't looking. If they looking up, it's because well, <laughs> they, they must be raising the single national anthem or something. <laughs> for no, but I, I just think, No, you're right. But I, but I just think that, yes, Kevin, certain things are already built in, and that's a good thing, right? Tatum, no, man, points, you know, rebounds, moments is cool. Where your hardware? Wilson, now, now they ain't the new big three, but you got Marcus Smart, Tatum, and Brown. They got to get it going because if they if they do it, they'll say we did this through drafting and yeah. not through having to come together. And, which and I you get. would have knocked off the Absolutely. Bucks, obviously, yep. and, and yep. that it would have been a great you run. You beat the Bucks, you could beat anybody. So got to have that championship. I think I agree with you there in uh, in Boston. We got so much more to get to. Darren Heitner going to join us in about twenty minutes. Uh, sports uh, attorney, author of the book How to Play the Game and NIL Advocate. We'll get his thoughts on. What did the NCAA do yesterday, and does it actually have any teeth at all? He'll join us coming up just a little bit here on 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. We'll chat with Darren Heitner, sports attorney and author of How to Play the Game. Uh, He will join us. We'll talk about the NIL and NCAA passing new guidelines for name, image, likeness, and how it re- I, I guess interacts with these collectives at uh, at various schools, and that and, and can they uh, again? It's uh, kind of cracked down on can these collectives have deals in place before prospects even sign? And we're how do you prove that? Who knows? Enforcement probably going to be an issue. We'll talk to Darren Heitner about that coming up in just a, a little bit. But uh, Ben and I were talking earlier uh, before the show, and, and you were like, "Hey, have you been watching some of the NBA?" I was like, "No." You asked me if I watched the game last night. I was like, no, I was steamrolling uh, Ozark. I, I had gotten into the show, and the final you know, uh, group of episodes, they split the last season into two parts. The final group of episodes has been out. 
I was like, I finally got a chance uh, to to catch up, and I just steamrolled and and and, and went through and, and finished it up. I'm, no spoiler alert, so if you're listening, you don't have to if you haven't seen it. But it was like, so you like series, or you like getting the long form stuff? And I was like, well, you know, it just kind of depends on what the genre is. But uh, I like a good series, and they're hard to find sometimes. And I'm usually, I will say this, I'm usually like a a late adopter to to series. Uh, because uh, Game of Thrones, everybody was all about Game of Thrones. I was like way late into Game of Thrones. So all the people that are like, man, I waited eight years for the finale. Like I literally got in like seven months before the final season. And I just steamrolled my way through all of the episodes uh, and then watched the last season. I was like, okay. And so uh, I was. a lot of people were on Ozark before I started watching. So I'm, I'm always one that's like, it's been out and like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are like, oh, it's a great show. And then I get into it. No, and then I mean, they take it off. Usually when I start getting into it, they're like, and this is going to be the last season. That's it. So, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. If I, I come mean, out and say I like a show, Ben, it's probably got like a one season left. I will say this. I mean, I mean I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like a – is there a way to be both? Can, can it be like a docu-series, but it's a, it's a documentary, but it's a docu-series? Sure, yeah. Because to me, that, that's what I like. I like the docu-series because – I, you know, with, with most listen, a docu series is just like a series, right? You're gonna you're gonna fall in love and root for certain characters. The difference is that's really them. That's not <laughs> that's me playing me, right? But I will say though, you know, you talking about Ozark and different things. What it like? What hooks you? Because what happens is you go, all right. I mean, is it because I've heard so much about it? Let me just see because certain sure. people be because you you get it. Like that's what gets you in the and that's what gets you into it. Like for me, it was. Uh, I heard a lot of people say it was really good, and so I'm like, all right, I'll give it a chance. And people who – Christian does this a lot. Like, Christian and I talk about shows, so he kind of knows. He goes, hey, I know what you like. You would probably like this. So he kind of knows what I'm into uh, as far as shows. He goes, this is probably something that will be, you know, up your alley. I'm like, all right, sounds sounds cool. So, uh, but anyway, Ozark, I heard a lot of people talking about it. I finally watched it. I'm like, and you get hooked on – it's both the like and the dislike of characters. Uh-huh. Like, if you're like, oh, man, I hate them, I'd really hate – Got to see what happens to him. I, I want them to be off the show some way, shape, or form, or what have you. So the characters hook you in. I think with the ones that I give up on, it's just the story doesn't go anywhere, and I really don't care about the characters. Like, there's, 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 and it's kind of like the, the Sopranos did this in a, uh, and I think people have tried to copy it when they put together a you know, series. It's like, you have a main character, but then there's like eight or nine other people that are really interesting that are also you know, kind of important parts of the show. Game of Thrones did this where you had a central character and then, you know, there were obviously uh, seven or eight other people who were also pretty central to what was going on and you get involved in watching their storylines and all that. Well, sometimes you overdo it and you're like, I don't really know what's going on with any of these people and now I, I just don't care. And so when you don't care, you don't want to watch anymore and that's kind of where I am. But Ozark, I thought was very good. If you haven't seen it, to me, it is a, I will call it a dark thriller uh-huh. of a series. That's the best way to describe it. I'm not going to give anything away, but if you haven't watched it, I would encourage I you. A, watch I, it. I, just, I am. A, I am hooked on Last Chance You. I am a Last Chance You fanatic. Oh, I get that. No, but because, because, because the thing is, one of, one of my favorite movies I like to watch is Gridiron Gangs with I, with uh, sure. with the Rock. To me, Kevin, it's like you going to because it's it's the it's the gritty part of football. They got football. They got basketball, and they, you know they in they in freaking Alabama. They in Iowa. They in LA. They in San Francisco. But I but I like the fact that. You know, obviously, shout out to Jermaine Johnson, uh, who was a first-round pick who was on, who obviously ended up at Georgia and the Florida State uh, AC Player of the Year. But I am hooked on Atlanta so much to the point where, you know, I've already seen it, but I'll go back and watch it again. 
I'm actually looking forward to the new season coming out. But yes, Doc. Oh, there's more uh, last yeah, yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I, because it, you know you, you, it goes from series to award winning, Emmy winning, <laughs> you know Emmy winning. So yeah, I, I mean I'm hooked to it because I like to fall in love. I, you know I fall in love with the with the with the storylines and the people, and I like the fact it is gritty. I ain't no the, the guy that hit the little oop, he'll be hitting the whole episode. If he had to do it, but yeah, I, but shout out to the series or the or the docu series or for me the docu series. That's that's me all day. So you like the the real life stuff yes. that just follow people around and kind yes. of yes, yes, because because there, because there is no script with that. It's go, man. I don't want to do this today. It's like it's like I, I I'm loving it because a lot of us feel that way, but you get to you get to capture it all. Yeah, and again, I know for for last chance, you you've kind of have said before, we're like, hey, that is football, where it's yes. like guys you know complaining about. What the coach is saying to him and all that, like that's that's oh yeah that's, yeah. That's when, when, a when a coach threatens you that you got to get kicked <laughs> out the team every game, well you can leave because he knows what are you gonna do if you don't got to leave. If you don't like it, leave. The whole team, the whole the, team is there'll be another it. guy in here yes, in five it. minutes. Gotta love it. So yeah, that, I just I thought that was interesting. You know, we were talking about it, and I was like, you know, I I like a good series. I I usually has to be the the right genre uh, for me. Uh, if if I go with like period stuff. Uh, period, period, like time frames. Uh, you know, westerns. Find me a good western. I'm all about it. As long, you know, if it's if it's done well, love westerns. Uh, a good gangster flick, okay, is or a series is good. Uh, I like stuff like that. And you know, anything, anything kind of uh, old, like way back. Um, not uh, colonial, but uh, like medieval, like, uh, medieval, like times? medieval times. Yeah. Like are you, I, are, you I, under, are you like a, like an underworld fan? Underworld. With the no, lichens and the and the and the, and the no, no, not that one specifically, but I have watched shows that are like about. You know, I, I do, I do like cop about that shows kind of though, like with the cops, are like you know, like I don't know, corrupt. I like, I like, <laughs> I like shows like that. The corrupt. I do, I do. Sorry. What, where everybody's trying to figure out, like you don't know who the corrupt cop is, no, or you no, know no. who the corrupt cop is, and you're, it's, like, it's like, it's like, and you're it's, rooting against yeah, you're, them. You're rooting for a guy who you know who's corrupt, but he has a little good in him, but he still ain't, you know, he's good going bad. He's corrupt, but he's got a heart of gold. Oh, yeah. He, he you know, he go to church every Sunday, but <laughs> Monday through Saturday, whoo! <laughs> he's corrupt for all the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No good to be bad. <laughs> we'll come back. We've got more to come. Darren Heitner going to join us. We will talk uh, NIL with him. He's sports attorney, also author of how to play the game, and what did the NCAA just do, and does it mean anything uh, if you're looking at NIL uh, regulations going forward? He'll join us next here at 3 and Out. Good to have you back here 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. And again, NIL has been in the news a lot, and the NCAA issuing guidelines uh, for collectives and things of that nature uh, for I guess oversight into name, image, likeness, and joining us here on the program. He is a sports attorney, name, image, likeness uh, advocate, and author of How to Play the Game. Darren Heitner joins us here on 3 and Out. Darren, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, we're doing fantastic. Uh, First off, your perspective on the NCAA, and uh, obviously they've been slow to react to this thing, but what do you make of the alleged guidelines, and is there, while you've put guidelines out there, is there any enforcement possible uh, to, to kind of rein any of this uh, this in? Yeah, two really important and interesting questions. Uh, first, with regard to the guidelines themselves, I, I don't think they really add anything to the discussion. We've had an NIL policy that the, NI, that the NCAA put in place July 1, 2021. And it says flat out, there cannot be improper inducements paid to players in exchange for them 
enrolling at a university. I think the only addition with the guidance that was provided yesterday is it makes clear that it can't only be provided to woo a player to the university, but also to cause a player to stay there. I don't know how anyone would ever be able to prove that that's what the, that the compensation is for, specifically that, but at least there's some clarity provided there. Um, but again, I mean, there was a restriction, a prohibition on boosters and collectives, which are just merely groups of boosters, providing impermissible benefits to athletes. It just hasn't been enforced. So to your second question, what about enforcement? And I'm a big action guy. Words mean only so much. Until the NCAA's enforcement arm actually decides to take action against a booster or a group of boosters or a university, this really doesn't mean much. That said, I doubt they would have come out with this uh, guidance if there was no intention whatsoever to actually enforce the rules. And I think it'll be on a selective basis. I think probably the most egregious violations will be looked at and enforced. Um, and probably most activity will just continue on as it has. Darren, when you think about the NCAA and obviously its lack of, you know, uh, control when it comes to something like NIL, who definitely had the opportunity to get out front of this thing, you mentioned it being – it has to be something where everybody can say, okay, the NCAA got to do something. Why do you think the NCAA is so hesitant to say this is what it is, especially when all they're doing is setting guidelines? They don't even have to make sure these kids are getting any type of uh, compensation. Well, I mean, look, the NCAA is – Petrified, whether or not they want to admit it or not. And in fact, Gene Smith, who's part of this working committee, uh, has said, we know it's coming. They're petrified of litigation. So just a year ago, in summer 2021, the NCAA lost 9-0 at the Supreme Court on a case that didn't deal specifically with name, image, and likeness, but did deal with restrictions. And in that case, restrictions in the form of academic slash educational related benefits. And the ruling was that those restrictions were anti-competitive and, in essence, um, an antitrust violation. And I think the NCAA is worried that it's going to find itself back in court the moment that it chooses to enforce these NIL prohibitions. Um, And likely that it'll be on the wrong side of the decision, that it will end up losing that type of case or cases that are brought against it. And that's Most likely, the reason why in 11 months we haven't seen any enforcement on its rules that it put in place. Darren Heitner joining us here, a sports attorney, NIL advocate, author of How to uh, to Play the Game. And uh, Darren, how do you look at uh, coaches, fans who have concerns and say, well, this is maybe a legitimate concern versus... Mike Bray, who I, I saw you retweeted earlier, uh, came out and basically said, look, guys, we got to quit making such a big deal about this and just move on and, and figure it out and adjust to it. Yeah, I, lo- I love what Mike Bray said. It's like he says what I'm thinking and what I think a lot of people are thinking, which is that the coaches who are coming out and criticizing it are very afraid of change. They have been entrenched based on their success that they've enjoyed over the years. And – some of whom have, who have benefited from this type of activity that just occurred underground as opposed to it being out in the open and transparent. Um, to those who are arguing that NIL is a bad thing, that the transfer portal is a bad thing, that there's no longer competitive balance, 
I, I don't know. I, I feel as though they just woke up yesterday. Where was the competitive balance on June 30, 2021, one day before NIL was a possibility for these athletes? I mean, you still had Alabama competing for the national championship almost every single year in football. You still had Clemson dominating. You had George on Twitter. I mean, it's like the people seem to have this idea that there were these pro-competitive elements in place and that with NIL, that's been thrown out of the window. But I, I promise you, you go back a year, two years, five years, ten years, these are the same people who have been complaining indefinitely because there is not competitive balance in college sports. And I mean, when you talk about the fact that, you know, we hear about, you know, Arch Manning, who's who's going to be the number one recruit in 2023. We hear about Jordan Addison, the Blitnikoff winner. We hear about, you know, uh, you know, we hear about, uh, you know, Caleb Williams. These are the exceptions. Like these are five or six people who just happen to play quarterback or the number one recruit or receiver. How much of how much of NIL is overblown? Because I'm saying, look. People hear about NIL and assume that every single student athlete has an NIL deal, and that couldn't be farther from the case. That's true. And we're commonly forgetting that these sports that we're watching, particularly football or team sports, where one player does not make up the success for that specific program. And you're absolutely right. You know, the focus is always going to be on the superstar athletes who are commanding top six, seven-figure deals because it creates the headlines and it creates the attraction and a lot of talking points. I'd even argue that it's actually made college sports more entertaining and interesting and allowed a lot of specific sports to remain, to remain quite relevant when they're not even in season. Um, so I think it's, it's, a, it's a net positive for the industry as a whole. I know there are a lot of people who think I'm crazy. Um, but you know, I think you're going to see that there's just as much competition on a year to year basis as there was prior to these NIL rights being afforded to college athletes, which is why I truly believe if the NCA tries to enforce its restrictions and there is litigation over it, it's going to have a hard time showing that those restrictions are necessary in order to have a compelling product. Uh, Darren, when you look at it from uh, from the legal standpoint, I know a lot of people say, well, I don't have a problem with student-athletes getting money. What I do have a problem with is pay for play. How do you draw that distinction line in the sand where we, you have seen some of these collectors come out and say, our goal is athlete retention, right? Our, our goal is to make sure they don't leave, and we're going to make sure they don't leave by just paying them. Uh, how, how do you make that distinction between those kind of things, and are you then – wandering into the, I guess, the gray area, are they just an employee at that point? Well, first of all, I think there is a problem generally in trying to make a determination as to whether or not there's real consideration, a real quid pro quo, or it's pay-for-play um, or improper inducement to enroll or stay enrolled. That, the, the, the caveat to that, the exception, would be where a booster or a collective or a player comes out publicly on social media or otherwise and makes it very clear. And in those situations, I think that's where the NCA probably will be compelled to act, where it's just so clear that the player was on the take or that the collective or booster was trying to woo a player, dangling the carrot above the player's head, whether or not the player was already in the transfer portal or not, or whether it's a prospective college athlete, 
that's where I think if, if the NCAA is going to pick and choose its battles, it's going to start with those very clear examples that this is what was happening. Otherwise, to your point, it's impossible. I mean, how can the NCAA decide whether or not money that a college basketball takes, or a basketball player takes, and he has some deliverables in his contract, was done so that he stays at the university as opposed to going pro? It's impossible. As far as uh, classifying them as employees, that is an entirely different subject that we could probably spend hours on. Um, that is something that is completely separate and apart from NIL, from the transfer portal. It's an issue um, that may be dealt with in Congress. It may be dealt with through the courts, but we're still some ways away. And Darren, finally, I mean, when you think about it, when I think about NIL, everybody wants to hear about the money, 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 money. When back in my back in my days in Florida, I remember my coach had a car deal. My coach had. Uh, a cell phone deal. My coach had some type of comp uh, type of situation when he go out to eat. Why are we taking this thing from just a revenue approach and start saying, look, at the end of the day, these are student athletes, no money. How about we focus on more of the collective of the student athletes saying, you're going to get some level of, uh, you know, a stipend here or maybe a gift card there because, as you know, the hardest thing to do is to get marketing dollars. Look, I, I personally think that there should be no restrictions whatsoever. I think if somebody wants to provide anything to another person, whether they're an athlete, a musician, an artist, an influencer, etc., God bless them. That's great. Um, but we do have rules in place, and I've been guys advising the you know collectives that I work with and the athletes, etc., play within the rules for the time being. Don't be that one or two examples that are going to be made of, because you know, the NCAA, until, the, until this is flushed out in the legal, in the court system, the NCAA may take some strong action against certain schools and against certain boosters. I would not be surprised. And while it does flush through the, the judicial system, you, you may see some programs hurt, hurt by it. And, um, you know, so, so that's why it's important to, to you know, abide by these rules while they exist. But, but to your point, I mean, coaches have been able to make money outside of their salaries, really in the form of NIL and perpetuity. They've always been able to do that. And as I mentioned before, musicians, artists, influencers, et cetera, anyone who has talent other than athletes have been restricted. Why? And that's why we fought so hard for this. Darren Heitner, our guest here on 3 Now. Darren, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Take care. Appreciate it. Darren Heitner joining us here on 3 and Out, attorney, uh, NIL advocate, and author of How to Play uh, the Game. And I think that's what coaches, administrators are trying to do right now. They're trying to figure out how to play the game, not the game on the field, but the game off the field and not run themselves afoul of the rules, hurt the program, and hurt the student-athletes that they're there trying to to help out, obviously. Kevin, at the end of the day, we, we won't know until it's something solid. Like I said all the time, if we don't know what the, what the rules are across the board, there are no rules. And until we know that, it's a free for all. So, fellas, ladies and gentlemen, get all the money you can right now before they start doing retroactive on your mind. <laughs> well, that was one of the things they talked about was yeah. retroactive uh, yeah. enforcement on certain boosters and stuff who said, look, are you offering deals for people to come? And, like, that's the deal. Like, you are basically enticing them to come or stay. And it's going to be interesting to see how those kind of cases play out. And as you said, the NCAA enforces that. We'll take three next here on 3 and Out. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Tuesday. Get some thoughts from Mike Leach about expanding the college football playoff. Also, Tom Brady, he just won't go away. 
He's never going to leave us, Ben Troop. Nope. Ever. Nope. Ever, ever, ever going to do it. We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit as well. But first, let's take three here on Three and Out. All right, Ben, take one. What is the best NBA series remaining here in the postseason? Well, my money is uh, it's the Bucks and the Celtics. I think with the Bucks being the defending uh, you know, champs with the Celtics, Kevin, as we mentioned, that story franchise trying to get back to the promised land. I mean, it's been a long time since the Celtics has, you know, been able to say, man, they playing in the Eastern Conference Finals and even playing for for you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, a world championship. But I just like, I mean, I like Giannis and what he and what he brings to the table. You know, uh, playing the plan. I'm sorry, Jokic. You know, uh, Jokic. I mean, I, I just don't think that nobody's better in the world than Giannis right now. But the the the, the new big three of Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and you know, Jason Tatum. I mean, it takes everything those guys got. And I like a back and forth series. Sorry, Kevin. But the days of the sweep, it's over with. And I I think that these teams are so good now. Uh, and, you know, I mean, obviously I love the, I love the Heat and the 76 I love, you know, the Mavs and the Suns and the Warriors and the Grizzlies. But for my money, if you dethrone the world champs from a year ago, you got a shot to be the front runner to win that thing this year. I, what did they say, Kevin? Do, want to be the man, huh? Yeah, well, that's the man right there in front of you. His name is Giannis. Don't even try to spell his last name because it begins with a G, end with an O, and there's a lot of letters in between. But for me, give me them Celtics. And them bucks. Yeah, I, that's a good one. I was going to go with Mavericks and Suns because, again, to me, this is this is the uh, not a pure legacy game, but it is t- to some extent. You've got, you know, Chris Paul. Yeah. If the Suns get bounced again. Yeah. Oh. I oh. mean, Chris Paul's been one of the better players in the NBA, but can't seem to get to that oh, yeah, that yeah, level yeah. Right in the, right the, the post. Right now, he's he's Charles Barkley uh, at the point guard position. And, and, and right, look, right, wrong, and different, man. He. It's never ever been about his play, right? He can who it used to be he gets to the playoffs to get hurt. Playoffs to get hurt. Now, got hurt last year. They they supposed to be the front runner. Uh, I think uh, they had the top uh, seed in the West, locked up playoffs, you know, you know, a lot of games ago. But Kevin, you know just like I know. Don't mean a thing if you don't get that ring. So I just not even get the ring, not, not even get to the finals. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, so I think yeah. that's one of those things where people look at and say, Chris Paul, man, uh, this is this is one of those where this is a legacy type thing where, hey, yeah, he gets to the postseason, but what's happening once uh, you get there? Then on the other side, you got Dallas and Luka. Luka Doncic, does he get to the next round? You're talking uh, at that point, what, the uh, conference finals? The way he's scoring, chance to kind of uh, write an early legacy there for him as well. I'm going to say Mavericks and Suns, best series going right now. All right, take two. What is a good stat line, Ben, for Marcus Mariota? in 2022 as the Falcons quarterback? For me, Kevin, I mean, it's always that touchdown, the interception uh, ratio, right? For me, I think, you know, like what, mid-20s, upper-20s in, in touchdowns, single-digit interceptions. Because to me, while that that's being safe with the football, that's being smart with the football, that's being efficient with the football. Let's, let, let's call it what it is, okay? <clears throat> I, don't know who to, I don't know who's going to run the football for Atlanta this year. I know it ain't going to be Mike Davis. Time with the freaking Ravens. But I, 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 <laughs> but I, but I, but I just think that Kevin, for me, if he's not throwing the football to the other team, that means, one, we're playing efficient. Now, the run game is going to have to help. But when you got, you know, when you got the, the Atlanta Hawks at receiver with, you know, you know Drake London, with, you know, Kyle Pitts, you know, with Alden Tate, and obviously he's what, I mean, uh, uh, Marcus Barrow is all 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, six, you give me 20-something, 25 to, 25 to 30 touchdowns, single-digit Interceptions. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good year. I know QBR. I know. Is that a reasonable expectation, though? I I, I think it is. I I I think it is because the one thing about Marcus Mariota during his career, like he's not a turnover machine, 
what 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 was his problem was he's a runner and a thrower, and you always are susceptible to now the rushing part. Ugh. I mean, could he give you? I don't know. Three to six hundred yards rushing, maybe like five, six touchdowns. Now it scares me because that's putting himself at risk. But he is a dual threat. But I think you know, total of accounted for right at thirty some touchdowns, single digit picks. You know, uh, you know, uh, averaging about five, six yards a, a rush when he do pull it down and run. I, I can live with that. And I and because I've seen him play, obviously he was with my Tigers. I thought he was going to be much better. But I, I think he's, I think he has that in him. I know Matt Ryan. You kind of banked it in for four thousand, five thousand yards. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get caught up in the yard because Matty Ice. He he going to give you four thousand. I'm not going. I don't know how because. I don't know if they're going to push the ball down the field or they're going to dink and dunk. I, I, I'll have to see the offense first. But, like I said. I think we know what they're going to try to do. Oh, well, Kevin, I mean, it's going to be a bunch of 50-50 balls. I'm not, well, I'm just saying, but, like, if, if that's your game plan. Yeah. You didn't draft a guy with speed. Nope. You drafted height. Yep. You got free agents with height. Yep. You got size. Yep. You got big. Yep. You want to run the football. I, I, I think you're going to be a – if you're going to throw it, a deep pass might be 20, 25 yards. I think you're going to try to dink and dunk guys we'll and just out it. physical. But, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, 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 you, no, no. Look, I, listen, so and, you and, might have a game where somebody has nine catches for a hundred yards. That's, I mean, listen, listen, that's that's a fair assessment. Like I said, if anything, right? If you Kyle Pitts, right? Think about him. He's going to do catch the yards is cool. Yeah, you got to get in the zone. Like great season, right? As far as like fantasy goes, you got to get in the zone. So I, the reason why I said it is this: twenty something touchdowns in the National Football League is not that hard to do, right? Even on bad teams, you can do twenty something. What comes what comes into play is the picks. You got twenty something touchdowns with nineteen picks. Well, come on now. That means you giving the that's that's nineteen other opportunities for the other team. So 20, 25 to thirty touchdowns through the air, Kevin. Maybe about another five or six on the ground. No fumbles and uh you know and single digit picks. I can live with that. Live with that stat line. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say like thirty three hundred yards okay. for Mariota. I would yeah. say. I, I don't, thirty touchdowns seems like an awful lot. I know that's still less. Well, than, I said that's I less said, than two said, a game. Hey, I said twenty five to thirty. It's probably going to be more twenty to twenty five. That's what I'm thinking. If, for for realistic for Mark Smart, if he gives me more than that, I I would be you know certainly happy. I, I you again, we'll find out the schedule on Thursday, Ben. We know who the teams are. Like it's going to be tough regardless, but it could be real tough depending on how those teams get stacked uh, on the schedule. I think if you get 20, 25 touchdowns, 32, 3,300 yards for Marcus Mariota, I would say less than 12 picks. I don't know if single, but less than 12 picks. Yeah. Like, let's call it a L- dub. Less than 12 is not for, bad. Like, let's it call, not let's bad. call it a dub for oh, Marcus that's, Mariota. That's a great season. That, that's, Mark, that's, that's, that's Maddie Ice and West Ham. Oh, so you're going to appreciate, you know what I'm saying, Marcus, you ain't appreciate Maddie. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, good, that would be a good season. That would not be what you were accustomed to, but I think you look at this Falcons team, you go, yeah. this is a team that's not expected to be as good. At the end of the day. So I think that would be a good stat line for Marcus Mario. All right, Ben, take three. Sam Howell. Mm-mm. And you know what's coming, but some people may. <laughs> they have one of these videos with the Washington Commanders, right? Yeah. And you see it with a lot of teams now for social media. Like, I've seen it, guys walking out the tunnel for practice. Like, hey, what's your favorite show? And as they're walking by, they'll say, you know, uh, Ozark. Or they'll walk by, oh, Sopranos is my favorite show. Well, I guess they the, the, the Commanders did something where they were coming either in or out. You can't tell because the whole, the whole thing takes place inside a building as they're walking by. And they're asking the Washington Commanders, hey, what is a secret that people don't know about you? And people are like, I can dance. Other people are like, hey, I used to do this back in high school. Okay. Sam Howell walks straight up to the camera, looks right at it, and says, I've never had steak. What is wrong with Sam Howell, Ben? 
for take uh, three. Well, first and foremost, Sam. And do you I'm, even believe that? I, unfortunately, I do believe it. This is the thing. Because if he's lying, that's not the lie to tell. Not, 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 <laughs> at, not, not at this juncture. All right? That, that is a slap in the face to every steakhouse in the general vicinity <laughs> of Chapel Hill. Or whatever part of North Carolina he's from, as well as Chapel Hill, right? Riley, wherever, where, uh, you know, all that. Tobacco Road, whatever. Kevin, this is the thing, right? I'm not a big steak eater. Now, I'm going to put it out there. But I have eaten steak. Like, there are certain things, right, that just are so rare. You go, I've never eaten steak. Now, it, yeah, well, if you're a 10-year-old little boy, I get it. You're a 21, 22, 23-year-old grown man that just spent three years at big-time college football, and you never had a steak. You've gotten recruited. To go to college, you've got it. You've gotten scouted to go to the NFL, and nobody took you to a steak. Well, here's the thing: did somebody offer to take you to a steakhouse? You go, no, I'll have the steak. chicken. Yeah, cause, cause, cause that's the thing, Kevin. Right? It's, it's. Let's call it what it is. It's weird. Like we can say certain things. It's weird. Now, Mark, uh, Patrick Mahomes comes out a couple of years ago and says, "Hey, I put ketchup on my steak. That's weird. Putting ketchup on it, but it is steak." He doesn't like his steak. Much like you don't like you. We have, we've, we've tried to talk you off. No, the well you, done. You, no, I, no, I, I've got. No, I will say this: even steak is better when here, it's juicy. I, I will say this. I, I'm gonna go ahead and call my. This is how you know I didn't eat steak, right? I was ordering my steak. Well done. The great Mark Douglas says, "Well done steak is shoe leather. That's what it is. <laughs> it's not meat." Right, that's a di- that's disrespectful to that's disrespectful to that beautiful animal that that, that, yeah. that laid down his life for you to go in there and just burn it up. Hundred percent, yeah. So, but I but 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 I've gotten better since then. Like I I, I don't order well done steak. You know, I mean, you know, medium medium well or something. It's not gonna be. But but I do eat steak. The thing about Sam, I mean, the thing about Sam Howell is, it's like you could have said anything. I don't eat steak. Oh, I've never had. No, he just said I don't eat. He said I've never had it. Never had it, Kevin yeah. How? Is that possible? Like, I don't trust my quarterback if he's never had steak. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, Kevin, saying. you you are the quarterback. You're the new quarterback's coach for the Washington Commanders. We're getting and you, and, and you, <laughs> you. You didn't hear you. You didn't hear you see this and go, wait a minute, Sam, because it's like, isn't it? Isn't I mean, the thing about it is this, right? To, to the steak eaters out there, and there are a lot of steak eaters out there. They're saying, look, now, are there different cuts of steak? Do I prefer you know a porterhouse more than I prefer filet mignon or t bone? I get it. But to never? Like, somebody goes, hey, man, Steakhouse of Burgers. Oh, they said, too, he might have never had a hamburger either. Yeah, cheese, but she has never had a cheese. Like, what? Like, 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 like there's something wrong with you. It is. I mean, to me, that's what what everybody's trying to avoid of saying. Like, you're weird. (laughs) No, no, say say how. Listen, incredible football player. You did something your true freshman year. We've never seen 37 touchdowns. You're weird. You're weird for two reasons. One, because you never done it. And two, because you admitted it. You didn't have to say it. Because now, listen, everywhere up there in D.C., if you are a steakhouse or a burger maker, please hit up this Yeah, yeah, man. invite him in. Because at, the, because at the end of the day, you ask yourself, so if you're not eating steak or burgers, what are you eating? He says like chicken tenders all the time. That's ridiculous. So he's a boneless wing guy. <laughs> you knew there was something wrong. Uh, say, uh, so if I go, Sam Howe, I'm going to add tweet. I'm going to say, hey, Sam Howe, do you eat boneless wings? If he says yes. I'm going to send a bunch of baby powder to D.C. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like, let's call it what it is, Kevin. Now, Kevin, what bothers you the most about what you saw? Did you not believe it at first, or did you go, dude, he really has never eaten that, if you If you play professional sports, <laughs> you don't walk up to Now, I get guys are like, I'm a, uh, you know, my body is a temple. And I, but, like, in the whole time you played sports, never had a steak, like, ever? Like, not once. Not in your whole like, because again, guys are like, I know Christian gave us a dissertation on what's good protein and all that, whatever. 
I, we were talking to Christian, like, you, you mean a pro, a, a pro athlete has never had steak, you know, when they're, like, trying to protein? He's like, well, steak's not necessarily the best protein. It's like, you know, check, but I still, still, when you're working out, you've never had a steak at a football banquet, Sam. you never had a steak at, a, like, a football banquet or something? Like, I, I don't trust him. There I'll is, trust my dude. quarterback. I, I, if, I, if I'm the D.C. commanders, I'm saying I'm, uh, I'm yep. going, I don't know who option two is, but that's what we're doing. Uh, I'm sorry. I, 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 the whole thing about it, like you say, it's like, listen, 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 listen. I get. Want if, my quarterback I, to go, ah, you're a little red meat. Yes. You're I, fine. I, I get if, <laughs> I get if, you, I get if you say, I'm not, a, I'm, listen, I'm not a big steak eater. I, I put it out there. I'm not a big steak eater, but I eat steak. Like, the fact that he's never had steak. Like, See, what? I will go as far now to say, Ben, this explains a lot. If I knew Sam Howell has never eaten steak and doesn't doesn't eat steak, you, you don't run the option on the goal line against you Clemson. Don't. You're not making that. You don't. You need a guy that eats red meat to exactly. make that play. Like, I, am, said, you... I, had, I had a nice filet of fish. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like, serious, there are three options on this table. You got fish, you got chicken, and you got steak. And you go, man, that chicken looks sm- smack him in the head. No, Sam. No, no, no. And at the end of the day, Kevin, listen, this might this might be a cry for help. He might be saying, I really want some steak and I ain't had no steak before. I'm pretty sure you can find some nice steak houses. But at the end of the day, Kevin, I mean, you up there in D.C., you scouting this man, you saying, look, man, we want to go to a nice steak house. Nah, I mean, I'm just going to get me some chicken strips. You're an adult. <laughs> eat, grown, eat adult stuff. Come on, man. Like, get out of that. That's what they, I, I, listen, when you told me. No, I, I saw that. I was like, but, yeah. but it's true. It's obviously There's true. video evidence of him saying it. Sam, Sam, it's Sam. embarrassing. Sam, I am not. I would at least say, have a steak at least once. I don't, I don't try it. And again, we've can't thought been. Uh, yeah, you can't trust him. You can't. What are your side? If you had steak, what would you have with your side? Asparagus. Can't trust him. Get him out of here, man. Ridiculous. I mean, ketchup on your steak is bad. It you is bad, you but, you're, but you're eating it. You don't respect it. Much like well done, you don't respect <laughs> yeah. the steak. I'll say this. It is not a hamburger. Don't don't put ketchup. What is up with these? These quarterbacks are being real disrespectful these days. Ketchup on steak, never had steak, chicken strips. You're an adult. Yep. I I 100%. 100% agree. So that's take three. We do everything. Sam Howell, do better. Do better. We'll come back. We've got a lot to get to. Mike Leach, he wants us to do better in college football. We'll tell you what he said when we return. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on this Tuesday. College football in the offseason. Of course, a lot of talk about NIL. But Mike Leach, always good for a yarn. Uh, they're on, uh, on Twitter saying, look, Rich Strike winning the Kentucky Derby. He didn't win all the races. He wasn't 12-0. Got a chance in the big race. Made the most of it and won. Why can't we do that for, for, college, for college football? And I, I mean, I, I think he brings up a, a tremendous point uh, been there. Why can't we go ahead? And those of us who've argued for expanded playoffs would say the same thing. Say, look, we can sit here and argue that the SEC is better till we're blue in the face. And you can, you can come up here and say, oh, the Big Ten's better than the Pac-12. Well, let's let them play on the field and, 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 and work it out. I also think, again, for all the people who are like, no, we want it, we want it concise. We, want it, we like the four teams. Or I want to go back to two, God forbid. What is every other sports league talking about? They're talking about expanding playoffs. And why? Are they wanting better playoffs? They say, no, we want expanded playoffs. Why? Because we want more fan bases involved. We want more fan bases involved when? In the last weeks of the season. We don't want to come down to week 16, 17, 18 in the National Football League and have it all decided. 
We want teams to, hey, maybe we can get in the playoffs. Maybe we won't get in the playoffs. Maybe we could be a one seed. Maybe we'll be a two seed or a three seed when it's all said and done. But we want more fan bases involved. Same thing in baseball, basketball. That's why they have the 7, 8, 9, 10 stuff going on in, 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 in basketball. Hey, we're going to have a play-in game. Why? More fan bases think they got a chance to get in and do something. The NFL has, what, 32 teams. Major League Baseball has 30 teams. Uh, NBA, what, 30 teams. College football has 130, and we're talking about going from four to uh, maybe 12 teams, and people are losing their mind. I, I, I actually think, you know, Mike Leach is, is correct. I think you do explain it. Why? Because, again, every week doesn't matter. There's a lot of teams who have lost two games at the end of September going, well, it don't matter. if we, well, Let's win all of our games, and we'll try to go to a bowl game in Florida, but... It really doesn't matter. Uh, if we win our conference at this point, we've lost too many games. People are saying that, you know, hey, if Pitt wins the ACC, it doesn't matter. They've lost too many games already. They're really playing for the ACC championship and the right to go to the Orange Bowl. What's wrong with having more teams? That's why I've been a big fan of conference champions. How many conferences outside of the SEC, which was last year pretty early, how many conferences have their championship game decided with two or three weeks ago. A lot of times it comes down to potentially the last week. We've seen the Iron Bowl in years decide who goes uh, to the SEC championship game. Other teams say, hey, well, if this team loses and we can win, we can go uh, in the last week. That gets more people involved thinking, hey, if I can go to the conference championship game and win it, I've got a chance to uh, to make a little something happen. I, I think to me, you could argue it's bad. I don't think so. I think getting more people involved from a sport that feels like, and you could say, oh, well, Cincinnati made it. Feels like mm -hmm. there's about five or six that are almost locked in uh, on some kind of rotation to getting in, and maybe a couple of two outliers, and that's about it. And I've never really bought the every game matters narrative. I think having more teams think they have it. It doesn't matter. The whole point of the playoffs uh, now, you're still going. The best team is going to win. I think if in a 12 team playoff or even an 18 playoff with the top two teams, the best team in football is going to win. Yes, but I think the uh, the ability for schools to get there. How, what does that do? It helps recruiting. Helps teams get better. Hey, I made the playoffs. What do we say in basketball, Ben? Do we ask how many conference, how many national titles coaches have won no. at, at, at the college? No. Are they getting in the tournament? Yep. Are they winning some when they get in the tournament? Yep. Can they get to a Final Four? We don't ask the national. The national championship is what it is. Hey, it's special. He's got it. You know, Roy Williams, Coach K, those guys have got the national championship, but – Look at other programs like Gonzaga. They're always in there. You don't think the fact that Gonzaga has been in the NCAA tournament for like a decade and a half and they consistently have been making Sweet 16s and Elite 8s and Final 4s, and final, you don't think that helps recruiting for, the, for, for Gonzaga and potentially makes their conference better? I, 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 to me, I don't see any downside to it uh, because, I, like, like I said, I, I think Mike Leach is certainly correct there. What was wrong? What was hurt? And this is just in a four-team scenario. What was hurt by Cincinnati being in the in the playoffs last Nothing. year? Nothing. <clears throat> what will be hurt by a Cincinnati being in a 12-team playoff? Or uh, potentially a two-loss Texas A&M team being in a playoff? Nothing. I think, again, more fan bases, more opportunity to go out and feel like there's something to play for at the end of the season. Because, like it or not, bowl, the playoff has made the bowl season irrelevant. Don't get me wrong. People watch it, but it doesn't, it, like, it doesn't matter. 
People don't care that they're going to the Outback Bowl or the whatever bowl. There's a couple, hey, we're going to the Rose Bowl. That has some prestige. But by and large, people are like, we're going to a bowl game. All right, fine. Don't don't really care which one they go to uh, once they know they're kind of out of that out of that picture. I think having a, a playoff where more teams have a chance certainly improves that uh, situation. Also, you have way too many people making bowl games. That's a whole other argument. <laughs> but, but, well, I mean, it is. Yeah, uh, again, yeah. you, you're like, we want people to be excited about going to a bowl game. Well, I'm sorry, when 80 teams make bowl games, that, what's the big deal? When you have teams that did not win, that are 5-7, and 6-6, seven, six and six, going to bowl games, that, that's, that's, that's not a special thing. 12 teams out of 130 going, that's elite. That's special. Uh, so I don't, I don't see what the problem is. I, I agree with what Mike Leach was saying. And a good analogy. Saying, look, Rich Strike, if this was the college football playoff, they would have told Rich Strike, go pound sand. You can go race in the, you know, the, uh, the number two race. You're not in the Kentucky Derby. You go race over there. It's a little consolation race. It's fine. But he got a chance, and what happened? Oh, he wasn't the best horse, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was. So I mean, I, I I I agree with Mike Leach. I know not everybody does, but no, 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 no. It, listen, when people, when, the people, the people who don't agree with Mike Leach don't understand what variety is. Don't understand what representation is. I mean, Kevin, once again, you know, my 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 daughter, she plays soccer. She go to these tournaments, man, and it is team. It's it's thirty. It's it's thirty five fields with A, B, C, and D field on it, right? But this is what they do. They say, well, look, most of these teams in their area doesn't really get to see the competition. In their area, in their age group, so we'll 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 group them all together. Now we're gonna be games all day long, but sometimes, right? You can't say we didn't have a shot. You can't say, oh, we played that team. No, you were in this tournament, and the higher up you go, the better competition goes. But you're in this tournament. You make it to the second day, it goes from it goes from a bunch of fields to okay, the second day we've already limited. Because the first time they do it, they do it to get the seating. After they get the seating, they start doing you know uh, you know your first, second, third, and fourth song, but they got a shot. What scares the college football playoff and what Mike Leach is saying is, it's, it's really what happened in the Kentucky. It's, it's serious. There are teams that are just as good in one-game in one scenarios. See, it's not a full season. Well, if this team was in that conference, no, 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 no. Cincinnati, right, got beat by Alabama. Michigan got beat by Georgia. Well, they beat everybody else, too. And no one said a word. Georgia beat everybody but Alabama in the SEC championship game. But you knew they had a shot before you kicked the ball off. If it's 130 schools and only four, that's not – Whoa, whoa, whoa. Think about this. Well, think about this for a second. We all going for a job. It's four openings, and it's 130 resumes. For four openings? Now, if it was, I don't know, 30 openings, and it's 130 res- – I get it. Okay, boom, right? But – it's never ever. It's never because this. I will say this too. You know, we we get it. You want to be the national champion. I get it. But if you never got a chance to play for him, and, and the circumstances was really out of your control, that's not football. That's that's not that's that, that's that's something else. Like Lincoln Riley. Why would he go to USC? Because I want to get USC back, and I want to get the Pac-12 in it. This is about geographic eyes. Where are you? Where are you located geographically? Anything outside of the South, if you get any of those, if you get any of those eyeballs, it's because they love college football. It can't be because they care about Alabama and Georgia and the Clemson and the LSUs. So I do think Kevin, what what listen, and Leach is really saying this. We might not benefit from this if you expand it. But that's the only way we're getting in. We're not getting in with four. Right? So you know, just like I know, Kevin, it is it is about expansion. It is about variety. It's like this. Well, okay. 
Take your favorite restaurant. Has four items. That's, it. That's all it has. Or I'd rather go to a place, Kevin, that got 130 items. I got more of a shot of finding what I want with 130 than four. And coming from a guy who went to the University of Florida, yeah, being in, no, Florida hasn't gotten this thing yet either. But they one of the teams that can if they have a good season. This has to be about, it can't be Cincinnati got in. No, man, it has to be more of the fact that it's, it's, it's five, what, you got, you got, you got, uh, you got uh, five divisions. Ain't but four teams getting in. So you go, so one division, and now because the SEC is putting in two, three divisions might not be getting in this thing. So I do think, Kevin, you're going to have to rethink how you did it. I mean, you know, my, listen, these Mike Leachisms, sometimes when he opened up his mouth, it is beneficial to us all, people. And But he's right about this case because you can't tell me that's a true representation of college football when four teams get it, and geographically, every last one of them are typically in the South. This year, okay, yeah, Cincinnati, you had Michigan. But two of them are still in the South, particularly the Southeast and Southeastern Conference. So I do think we're going to have to rethink this thing, Kevin, because like I said, what is it going to hurt with variety? If I am the best, the NCAA tournament, all these teams in it, St. Peter's and VCU and Coastal Florida, who win it? The Blue Bloods, right? But that Cinderella story, I think what scares about football is, though, Kevin, one of these, quote, core fabrics of college football have a bad day. And one of these quote teams that snuck in, moving on. I think that I think that scares these uh, these uh, odds makers and these uh, you know these college football playoff committee uh, de- you know uh, decision makers. But even even with you shouldn't get inside a person's fate because of, because because you're in the room. Move this thing to eight. Listen, listen. Move it. Listen. Move it. Move it to six. Then move it to eight. Then move it to ten. Then move it to twelve. Because twelve out of one hundred and thirty, that still ain't a lot. That's still in a lot, but it's more than what we had, and it gets more people in it. We've got more to come here on 3 and Out. Speaking of uh, more than what we had, we might be getting more than what we had of Tom Brady, and I don't know that that's good, but we'll talk about that next. It's 3 and Out. It's on the Pigskin Radio Network. You know who's feeling good, Ben? <laughs> Tom Brady. It ain't because he's you know, you're drinking the, uh, the kale shakes or whatever it is uh, he likes to do. Tom Brady, and again, how many athletes do this? Reportedly signed a deal for 10 years to be on TV. Well, Tom Brady's still playing football at the moment. So, apparently this deal goes into effect when he's done playing football. He's going to get a 10-year, $375 million deal. I won. To be on TV. Oh, he certainly did. To be on TV. A lot of people have said, hey, as a commentator, he's never done it before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's developing a little bit more personality the later into his career he goes. He's on the gram now. He's on you know social media where he was not before. But $37 million, and I saw somebody put it out there and go, hey, after this year, Tom Brady would be a free agent. Is he saying it's going to take $38 million, $39 million for him to play if you want Tom Brady on a one-year deal to keep playing football? Because he's got $37 million a season. For 10 years, sitting there waiting for him when he's done. Is that too much Tom Brady? Probably. But <laughs> well, well, listen, for, for, uh, for the naysayers that are saying, well, he's never done it. Well, nobody's never done anything until they have. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, when you talk about a guy like Tony Romo, he went straight into the booth. But they put it with, you know, with Jim Nance. How, how did that work out for him? 
I mean, you talk about, you talk about, you know what I'm saying? I mean, a guy like John Lynch, right, who went straight into the freaking GM position. He didn't even coach in the NFL. How did it work out for him? Certain guys, right, because of who they are, warrants a certain dollar amount. Joe Buck has been commentating longer than Troy Aikman has been playing, has been commentating. But when they moved on, they gave they gave Troy Aikman more than they gave Joe yeah. Buck. You know what Joe Buck said, Tom, Troy, boy, I appreciate you. But let's call it what it really is. He was going to the highest bidder. Tom Brady is winning in life, people. <laughs> Tom Brady, he goes, look, 10 Super Bowls, seven-time Super Bowl champ, coming back, first team to host a Super Bowl and win, obviously, you know, the Rams did it last year. Right. I got $375 million waiting on me, whatever I decide to hang it up. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called a slam dunk. <laughs> Tom Brady has done it. And he comes out on Twitter and says, no, no, no. I'm very excited, but still got a lot left in the tank. You know what I'm saying? Go Bucks or go Tampa. No, 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 no. Tom Brady is going to make more money commentating than he made as a pro as far as, like, dollars. I just think that at the end of the day, Kevin, you know, some of us have plans, and then that's Tom, right? Tom Brady said, I'm going to go. Because we, we realized two things. One, Tom Brady loves football. Number two, Tom Brady has the baddest kids on the planet. Tom Brady spent two months with him, came right back to football. Can't deal with y'all. <laughs> we get that part. Bad. But, Kevin. You are at said network. Tom Brady wants to work for your network. It ain't your money, but you saying, okay, if we're getting, I don't know, big time, uh, you know, ratings with the guys we have. They yeah. ain't Tom Brady. Well, that's what I'm saying, but like, how, how good do you think Tom Brady will be? I, I, I think, I, I think, I think he'll be good for this reason. I think Tom Brady, as a football player, translates well to the booth because he's showing a different side of himself. Like he obviously knows the game. Like. People get mad at Tony Romo for calling out the plays. Well, there's only so many plays you're going to run on third and six, right? It's only so – plus he played a quarterback position, which means I know the game as much as the offensive coordinator, quarterback, coach, head coach, so on and so forth. Tom Brady, right, I think this is the re- – he's rebranding himself. And, and look, if you like him, you like him, you love him, you love him, you don't, you don't. I get that part. But I think what he's saying is – this is who I think Tom Brady really, really uh, uh, is taking advice from. I think he's taking advice from Peyton Manning. I think he's saying, look, man, I was – people like me, people liked uh, Tom Brady because he was the winner. They liked Peyton Manning because he was relatable. Like, you know, Peyton Manning did – you know, he hosting SNL and the ESPYs. Tom Brady just played for New England. Then he goes to Tampa. And you could think about it, Kevin. You didn't see any kind of tweeting from him when he was in New England. You ain't seen no smiling or nothing. You saw a whole bunch of come on going crazy. I think what Tom Brady's doing, he's saying, look, man, I've done it all. But if I'm going to get in this booth, I'm going to set the president. I'm saying, look, man, I ain't never seen no deals like this. Almost 400. Let's call it what it is. What incentives is 400? He's going to get 400, probably had close, you know, almost a half a billion dollars. And I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him. I think he'll be good, Kevin, because I think now he's showing more of the fact that, look, man, I'm relatable too. He's doing national commercials now, right, saying, let's go. He got a bunch of money to do that. <laughs> I ain't mad at him. And I, and I think, too, Kevin, I mean, what else is he – like, what else is Tom Brady going to do? Like, what? Just get on a private jet and fly around like, the like in, like in a Around the world I will days. say this. When you've been around the game as long as Tom Brady has, he goes, how can I – how can I – because no, call it what it is, right? Joe Montana is the man, but he faded away because he's not in the limelight anymore. Jerry Rice, they fade away because they're not – he go, look, man. Isotoners aren't really the – 
I'm saying the big, I mean, uh, the, you know, the big thing anymore. I mean, you, you had well, that was uh, Joe Montana, right? That was the your, yeah, the Isotoners, and then you had Joe Montana <laughs> doing the Skechers, and you had uh, what, what, what's the what's the thing that um. A uh, Copperfield. <laughs> you had uh, you had a uh, Brett, yeah, Brett Favre, Favre, yeah, and Jerry. Rock. But I will say this about Tom Brady. I gotta say this. He, he he's worth it because no matter what, he never cheated the game. Like may he rest in peace, right? Kobe Bryant. If Kobe would have been in the booth when he, if you know, if he was, you know, if he would have went into the uh, to that business, how much you think he would have got? It's half. It's half the network and pay, and the other half is who it is. That's freaking. That's Tom Brady. Like all the other networks go, oh man, we want to get him. <laughs> so hey, I'm, but I'm happy for him though. We'll be sick of Tom Brady. Oh, oh at the end of the day, Kevin, you, if you thought you were sick, I mean, how many, how many, how many times? I mean, again, I know Tom Brady would be a a professional, but in the broadcast, how many times do you think he'd be? Well, well, uh, Jim, when I was winning one of my seven Super Bowls. Oh yeah, Bowls, man, I mean, that I, was back in know. 2019 when we. Were, but 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 at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, Tony Romo can't do that. <laughs> no, Tony Romo. No, Tony Romo made a bunch of cheese, people. <laughs> he has. No, see, but Tara, back when uh, Tony Romo, you know, uh, when you got. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, never mind. Hey, hey, man, listen. Tom Brady's going in. Listen, they put it already out there. Three hundred seventy-five million dollars. You know, small. You know, small thing for a giant. Shout out to Tom Brady. Still, still, still winning. You're gonna be life. tired of seeing his face. Tom Brady, I don't know if he has one or two sons, but I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Because they got to live up to them, them shoes. They got a lot of money to spend. <laughs> they, 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 they do. They got a lot. Of, I, mean, I mean, you know, what, what no, they I mean, got, it's you know, true. That trust fund is going to be serious. Shout out, listen, shout out. If you are a Brady, shout out to the, to the Brady kids, but to the Brady bunch. Shout out to them. You act right. Or he might, uh, you know, take you off. You're, you're, like, you're only going to get $100 million now. <laughs> yeah. You were going to get you were gonna get. I can't even be retired for two months. You, you're not getting a new Tesla. <laughs> I, I told you that yesterday, didn't I? <laughs> hey, man! At, at the end of the day, I, I got to play with Jared Payton, the son of Walter Payton, and uh, and uh, he uh, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan sold him his uh, BMW that had twenty three on the back. Jared Payton took the two off and put a three on it. If that ain't spoiled, he said, "I'm not twenty. I'm not twenty three. I'm thirty three. What the hell? You took the two <laughs> off? Yeah, because I'm thirty three, and your daddy was thirty four. Yeah, man, but I'm sweet this kid. That's MJ Beamer. You know what? <laughs> You, Spoiled problem. You just you just <laughs> removed all the value. Take it off. Uh, take off the two. I'm not getting it. He told his mom, "All right, my mom, Michael Joe, <laughs> want to sell me his Beamer. What? <laughs> Crazy man. Can't have all this Air Jordan <laughs> stuff all over it. Get it off of there. <laughs> we got more to come. It's three and out all across the Southern Big Skin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. Three and out on this Tuesday, Braves and. The Red Sox coming up a little bit later tonight, right after we are done. 6.05 with the uh, the pregame coverage for you there. We'll talk some Falcons football, some Jags football. Ben said he had Trevor Lawrence, top half quarterback for 2022, but where? We're going to put Ben's feet to the fire on that and say, all right, because I know when we do list, you get to 10 pretty quick. I think I saw you filling that earlier. You're like, uh-oh. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's going to be like, you'll be like, who am I? Yeah, you forgot a couple. You're like, oh, maybe you I forgot to Tom Brady. Well, he's an analyst now. We will, yeah, we, <laughs> we will see if Ben is as convicted hey. in uh, Trevor Lawrence being a uh, top fifteen quarterback coming up in in an hour number three. We'll see, Kevin. I mean, you gonna you gonna hold my feet to the fire? But listen, I'm, I'm looking. At, I'm look. I'm going through my list right now. I'm, I'm going through my list. I'm checking it twice. Gonna find out who's the top fifteen or not nice, which is a lot of y'all on here. Mm, mm, mm. But no, no, no. I went through it. I'm I'm very confident in it. And plus. You know, BJ is gonna be thinking I'm trying to get some Jags love. I am not. Saw Trevor Lawrence. They're gonna still be bad as a as a team, but I think I think you'll be top fifteen. There's a lot of guys who are not nice, oh. uh, as the case may be. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to it. And see where you got it. Because again, Trevor Lawrence, Jags hoping he takes a big step forward. Obviously, if he does, Jags could be 
much better. You got Doug Peterson, Trent Baalke out there going, we will not pick number one as long as I'm still here. Uh, so that requires Trevor Lawrence to play much better there in, in 2022. So we'll get to that coming up in just a uh, little bit. Also look at the Falcons. Where's the impact going to come from? And I uh, certainly look at Mariota versus they. I mean, Falcons have their own young quarterback they took in the third round. Are you going to let him play at all, or is he simply there to learn? We'll get to that coming up mm-hmm. in just a little bit as well. So a lot of storylines around these teams as they get ready for rookie mini camps coming up here in just a little bit. Kevin, I mean, I th- you make a really, really good point when it comes to old Desmond Ritter. Can he be that guy in the third round if Mark Mariota doesn't play well? You go ahead and pull him. Could a Malik Willis, not the third rounder, could he be end up starting over a Ryan Tannenhill? But, no, I mean, a lot of, lot of good storylines. We can talk about them Falcons. We can talk about them Jags. You know, you're talking about them Tennessee Titans, a lot of second-year quarterbacks. But it comes back to, will Trevor Lawrence be in my top 15? Will I stick to it? I'm looking. I'm checking my list right now. Yep. He's looking good right now. But before we get to it, he might slide. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not he might slide. not make I, the I, cut? I, Is that what you're I, I mean, I, I, No, no. It's not so much he's 15. I'm comfortable with 16 to 32. They, 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 you know, they, they fit that mode pretty well. And what do you call 16 through 32? I call him Dad? my eye. Man, I call him my eye. About to get cut? I, no, 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 no. Not, not about to get cut, Kevin, but I, I think, you know, I, I think they need to have a little, 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 little you know, little, uh, little dose of reality because some of these guys, I mean, probably shouldn't be down here, but we we, we going to get to it because, like I said, like you said, Kevin, you get to, you get to 10 very, very quickly. And my number 10, people going to believe, you got him at number 10? Yeah, my number 10 could easily be in top five, but, you know, you've had some – I ain't going to spill the beans yet, but, yeah, <laughs> my top 15 is pretty solid, you know, that you know. But uh, Yeah, I'm excited to see the list. That's 16 to 32. That's and, again, the- I, like I said, when you do lists, I, everybody's like, oh, oh, easily top 10. And then I was like, okay, give me a top 10. And you start writing it down, you're like, oh, he's not better than that guy. Oh, wait a minute, he's not. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'm at nine already. So, it's like, I, I, I wonder, you say, hey, yeah, upper half quarterback. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. In the National Football League, there's a lot of elite quarterbacks. There's a lot of good, solid quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I'll see if Ben changes his mind in the top hour break, if he, if he backtracks on it. But yesterday was one of I our questions. Not, we I said will that, not be Michael Jackson Moon. I do not got glitter on my socks. I will not be moonwalking. If, uh, if, if Ben takes him out of there, I'm going to have him call up <laughs> Sam Howell and take him out for a steak. Oh, and I'm, uh, I'm going to get Patrick Mahomes to bring the catch up. No, I'm not moonwalking. Which do you find, I find I actually find Sam. actually find Pat Mahomes more egregious. Yeah. Than than, than Sam. It is like Sam Howell's like it is more egregious because Pat Mahomes thing because listen listen you're you're a great quarterback. Like Pat Mahomes like you know what you're doing right what now. What the hell are you doing with that steak, son? Yeah, you are you are defiling that thing when putting ketchup on it. I put ketchup on my steak. We Sam Howell, I just don't understand you. You ain't getting invited to my house because we ain't gonna have no ketchup around if it's gonna be some steak. Yeah, Sam Howell, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Who can you trust less, Mahomes or Howell? I I trust Sam Howell less. <laughs> Patrick Holmes, Patrick Mahomes, catch it. Just might not all be there. That's all. Great quarterback, but like, what, <laughs> like what's what's like? Why why are you doing that? So you, what, you he know X and O's, but when it comes to his food, eh? I'm saying, man, Pat, don't put ketchup on there, man. That sounds like something Jackson Mahomes would do. Oh, 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 Jackson definitely would do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just enjoy the steak. Maybe you're overcooking it. That is it. not the condiment for a steak. Yeah, maybe you're overcooking it, and that's why you got to cover it up with the ketchup. <laughs> if it's if it's nice and juicy, you don't need to put all that on there. Season it up. Do it right. We'll come back. We'll get to the Falcons. Who's going to make an impact for uh, for Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith? And the Jags will put Ben's feet to fire about Trevor Lawrence. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network.
Good to have you back. Final hour of three and out. Kevin and Ben. Got Braves and Red Sox coming up later tonight. Garrett Whitlock for the Sox. Kyle Wright on the mound for the Braves. Three and one is Kyle Wright with a 174 ERA. We'll talk some uh, quarterback play coming up with Ben. We'll get his top 15. He said yesterday, one of our take three questions, Trevor Lawrence, top half quarterback. So I told Ben, hey, give me your top. Give me your quarterbacks, and let's see if you still have Trevor Lawrence in there. Once you uh, spell that out, we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But, Ben, Falcons, obviously you got minicamp coming up. A lot of talk about Mariota, what to expect from him. But who's going to be the impact guy? Who's going to be somebody that you think really comes in and makes something happen? We we saw that from Kyle Pitts last year, but Matt, Matt Ryan is gone. And even with a great quarterback like Matt Ryan, he had one touchdown. Is Kyle Pitts going to be a red zone impact in 2022? If not him, who's it going to be? I mean, for me, Kevin, I mean, it's going to have to be Arnold uh, Ebikiti. I mean, because the th- because the thing is, right, coming out of Penn State, what what have we what have we been saying about the Falcons since the days of John Abraham, Jesse Tucker? I mean, it's 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 been it's been dismal dismal, uh, you know, at the defensive end position and just getting a consistent pass rush. Now, the reason why I say Arnold, you know, Ebikiti going to have to be impactful. He had a first round grade in a lot of. And, you know, and a lot of mock drafts, but end up going in the second round. So that's getting that's getting pick number you know number thirty eight overall. Uh, you know the eighth pick. Um, you know I'm sorry, the sixth pick. Uh, you know in the uh, second round, I think it's going to have to bowl dividends. Now, the easy the easy pick here is Drake London, right? Because the thing about it is, Kevin, you go on, you you the first you the first receiver taken. You was you was a top ten pick, and you went over. It's who you went over, right? You know you went over. You know Gary Wilson and you know Alave and Traylon Burks and Williams. And so on and so forth, but for me, a guy who that's that's that's, that's underrated because of because of where he went. I went back and looked. So I went and looked at, looked at some of Troy Anderson's taking Montana State. I know Kevin. We was looking at the the, the scores when they come out. Them, sure, the, the, we saw uh, you know Jalen Wildermeyer. He scored a one out of out of a possible ten. Troy Anderson, linebacker out of out of uh, Montana State. I think he was almost a ten. He was like a nine point eight. I think sometimes we look at. Where they got like Montana State, but I think I think I got to trust. Uh, I think I got to trust. Uh, you know the scouting department because I think at the linebacker position too. Now, another edge rusher that I think is going to be really really good. And obviously, it's going back to me and BJ talking about the draft. I think D'Angelo Malone because the thing out of Western Kentucky, these guys are really really good football players. We 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 look at Western Kentucky when you could have got we. This is when the, this is when the quote SEC ACC bias comes in. Or Big Ten bias comes in. I look at these. I look at how they graded out. But while Desmond Ritter is, you know, is the easy pick, I still think Arnold Ebbe, you know, Ebikiti. I'm, I'm a listen, Ebikiti. I'm, a, I'm gonna do my yep. best to, uh, to get that name right before the end of the year. And uh, <laughs> you know, and Troy Anderson because, I, I, you know, because the thing about it is, is think about it. Grady Jarrett got resigned. The son of Jesse Tuggle, which is still just boggles my yes. mind that he's the son of Jesse Tuggle. Right, but and and, uh, and the thing is, when you, you need a linebacker because you're, you're what the, well, your leading tackle is a Jacksonville Jaguar, when I also lay the league. I think Troy Anderson is going to be put in a position to where you know we're going to learn a lot about Deion Jones, the veteran out of LSU. So Troy Anderson, you know, Arnold Ibakiti can be two impact players, Kevin, because I know we're going to get this Atlanta Hawks looking, you know, uh, skill positions on on offense with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Austin Key, you know, Arden Key. I mean, Arden Key and uh. You know, Alden uh, Tate. Tate. I'm sorry, Alden Key is a defensive end. Alden Tate, <laughs> I apologize, uh, uh, Alden. 
And um, I, but but to me, it's gonna have to come down to the defensive players because Kevin, I know we talked about Mariota and his production and, how, and what type of season we think he's gonna have. Well, it, if the defense can't keep guys out of the end zone, it's not really gonna matter. It's gonna be garbage time. So you know, so Arna, you know, Arbakiti and Troy, Troy, uh, Troy Anderson, both the second and third round picks uh, for those Falcons. I think it's gonna be impact players. One, you got a guy that can run and hit in Troy. You got a guy that can definitely uh, get around the edge. Arnold, who's definitely gonna have to learn from Lorenzo Carter. But I think those two guys could be impact players from day one. Again, it'll be interesting to see how this Falcons team turns around. Again, so much focus has been on the offense because you lose Calvin Ridley to suspension. Matt Ryan is now gone. Uh, it's about who you don't have, right, uh, on the offensive side. But the defense was pretty bad. Uh, well, and that pretty bad might be putting it nicely uh, for, for the Atlanta Falcons, where you were last in getting to the quarterback, last in sacks, last in pressures. Uh, you, you know, so uh, nowhere to go but up. You better hope some of those guys are impact players, Been on that defensive side uh, of the football. And can they be a better defense in the year two? I think if you're starting – significant snaps with several rookies on the defensive side. It could be tough early. I think, I would hope, uh, that you learned your lesson last year in the preseason about playing certain guys and getting reps. Uh, I really feel like the first two or three weeks of the Falcons season were kind of a waste because guys were getting up to live game speed. And I'm, I'm sorry, I, Ben, you know this, a scrimmage, uh, you know, away from the lights, away from the fans, is not the same where you control the scenarios. You yes. say, hey, we're going to go work on yeah. goal line now. That's just not the same. And I, I would hope that Arthur Smith learned from last year, like you can't go three preseason games and have none of your key players play at all. I mean, you had Kyle Pitts get, what, seven, eight snaps total? One target, two targets? I mean, that to me, that just didn't help you at all. And so when you're gonna, if you're going to lean on a number of these guys uh, in, in especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you better hope uh, you get some impact uh, from from some of these guys early. So I look at that again. I, I don't know what kind of, and that was the question about when you you drafted him uh, with your first pick. What what kind of impact are you going to get from him at the at the at the wide receiver position when he's not known again? Then the one kind of highlight they keep going back to is his play that he made against. UCLA, where he got open uh, downfield. He was bigger than everybody else, kind of caught the ball uh, in traffic and kind of yeah. weaved through and made guys miss. You're not going to be able to do that consistently no. in the National Football League. So how much of an impact is he going to have if, you, as you said, it would appear you're going to be more of a physical 50-50 ball kind of team moving it down the field. I mean, You don't have that guy that can come in and be a Jamar Chase, right? And like You don't have a guy that's like, hey, we're going to get it to him and he's going to burn you. Yeah, and he's going to cut you and slice you and die. Like, who do the Falcons have? So I don't know if, uh, if that's what the Falcons are looking. I don't know if they have that true impact guy at the receiver position right now. Yeah, you're right. And you're Kyle right. Pitts doesn't qualify. I mean, yeah, yardage, yeah. but I mean, you you want high impact. It's got to yeah. be yardage with yes the red zone stuff. Yes, and, and that's a fair assessment. Love a guy like Drake London. Look, you're not gonna half of, half of it is what he did. The other half is what I see. And every time we saw Drake London, Kevin, I mean, he did not look fast at all. Yes, he can high point the ball. He's 6'5". I hope he can high point it. Yes, he's going to win some of the 50-50 balls. Yes, he was able to, oh, he look, look, it kind of shows like Vincent Jackson with the one-handed. It's not going to be a lot of one-handed grabs in the National Football League. And the difference is he's no longer the best player on the field. He's not better than the cornerback he's in front of. He's not more skilled than the cornerback he's in front of. He's not more gifted. He's taller. He's not faster. He's not quicker. He's not more athletic. But we'll see. But, yeah, Kevin, I mean, going number eight overall, I mean, look, 
Say what you want about Kyle Pitts. He ain't doing it in the end zone, but he's making plays every game. But teams are like, hey, man, we're going to let you make your money in between the 20s. But from the 20 in, nope, we're going to shut you down. So well, how, again, how do you how do you change that? Uh, because I mean, obviously Kyle Pitts knows how to score touchdowns. He did that at Florida. But obviously teams are looking at him saying, this guy gets in the red zone and he's not going to hurt us. Uh, maybe that scheme, but 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 even the best players have to figure out how to get open down there. So uh, how do you change that for Kyle Pitts to say, look, we should be an impact player. And when, when we get down to the 20s, we can't have you disappear. Uh, you know, we, for, for you to be as effective as we want you to be, we need you to get in that end zone multiple times uh, over the course of the season. How do you kind of change that aspect of, I mean, if Kyle Pitts ain't going to hurt us in the red zone, like most NFL teams would be willing to let you move through the 20s, right? I mean, that's just standard defense. That, like, hey, you're not going to beat me. You're not going to beat me with a high-impact play. It's going to be grind. Then when you get inside the 20s, you're just, we're going to lock you up, and you're not going to be effective. It's going to have to be. It's going to. It's going to have to be. A, it's going to have to be a group effort to help him because let's face it, Kevin. Nobody else outside of Kyle Pitts in 2021 scared anybody in the red zone. Cordell Patterson. I mean, he didn't scare nobody in the red zone, even though he was a very, very impactful player. But the thing about Kyle Pitts, it's going to have to be something where he said, "Look, man, I got to find a way." Regardless, the best players get doubled. If you are if DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. Uh, uh, Devontae Devont- Adams, you know, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs getting double. If you're not scared of getting beat deep, though, who takes that pressure off of him? I mean, I, I, think, I think the thing is, too, this is the thing about the deep ball that's a big misconception. The deep ball is about throwing it more than completing it. You got to let them say, you, you're trying to get the safeties to back up. The safeties got to have a reason to back up. They put their feet at about 20 yards and they stand there. But once they realize, once they get to running, you got to get guys off their hands. You got to open up the middle of the field for certain guys, right? And Kyle Pitts, look, you don't think Darren Waller, they trying to take him away in the red zone? You don't think they're trying to take, uh, you know, George Kill away in the red zone or Travis Kelsey away in the red zone? And, uh, you know, and uh, Mark Andrews away in the red zone? They find a way to get it done. Think about this, Kevin. I mean, it's, I mean it's, and this is no slight. We talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Who they got to stop in the receiver position? They got to stop Mark Andrews. He was the first team all pro. I know I got to stop Mark Andrews, first team all pro. So when it comes to Kyle Pitts, it's like, look, man, welcome to the world of being a star. Welcome to the world of being a focal point. Tony Gonzalez had to do it every year he was in the league, especially when he got to the Falcons. Yeah, he said, when he had Julio, he had Roddy. So they're still trying to take him away because he's the one that made the offense go. So I think for Kyle Pitts, I'm not going to feel sorry for you. The fourth overall pick, you the highest drafted tight end in NFL history. You had the best single season for a rookie ever as a tight end. Now, can you take your game to another level? Travis Kelsey come back better. George Kittle come back better. Darren Waller come back better. Mark Andrews come back better. And so on and so forth. Number, number eight got to come back better. Because if he's better, guess what? That takes life. That makes life easy. He has to make life easier for Drake London. Not the other way around. You waiting for Drake London? Drake London trying to figure out how to play the wide receiver position, how to used to be in the number one receiver, and trying to live up to that number eight overall pick. That's a lot to deal with, right? For, for fans that don't care, Kevin. Get it done, Drake. You know? Then you talk about you. Then you talk about all the tape. A guy that's been in the league for four years, never ever been a headliner. Cordell Patterson, wasn't nobody else trying to offer money, or he wouldn't resign with the Falcons. It's gonna it's gonna be on number eight to still make that offense, to make that passing game go. But he's got to find a way to get in the zone because that's when he's becoming a more complete tight end. That's a quick look at the the Falcons here. We'll look at uh, Trevor Lawrence, Jags. Can he be a top half quarterback? Ben said yesterday, top half quarterback. Is he? We'll get Ben's list. Make sure Trevor's still in there next. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We got a little bit of billing in there. Yeah. 
You got the full Benjamin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on she the, still, on yeah, the yeah, yeah. I, I, I still, she still has some of that little baby voice down that her voice. Now, <laughs> now it's daddy. What's up with the PS Five? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, they grow You're up listening bad. to my dad, but enough about that. Oh yeah, no, enough about them. Tell no, them I said, give me the PS Five. Yeah, yeah. Tell them I'm, I'm gonna need that like ASAP. All right. So yesterday on the show, Ben, we had to take three questions. Say, will Trevor Lawrence be a top half quarterback in 2020? 2022, rather. So that's top top 15, basically, top half quarterback. You said yes. Yep. I said, okay. We do this all the time because that's, that's why we have fun doing it because people come up with this. Oh, so, so-and-so's top 10 easily. Okay. Start going through it. People do this with the NBA a lot. Like, oh, top five all time. Okay, give me your top five. Like, well, what about this guy? Well, all of a sudden, you're up to 10, 12 players. Same thing with the NFL. Top quarterbacks. You said Trevor Lawrence was in the top half. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Let's see what you got right here for your NFL quarterbacks. And you were sounding like you're waffling. Is Trevor gonna make the cut? Trevor is gonna make the cut. You know, and and, I, and I'm gonna do and I'm gonna do it the Kevin Thomas way. Because a lot of times, while we get to talk about the top 15, and you say, okay, what about 16 to 32? I'm 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 gonna actually go in reverse order. My, my 16 to 32, you can put them in any order you want to put. So them. these are just the guys that didn't make these the cut. These are just the guys that didn't make the cut. Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, Marcus Mariota. Jameis Winston, I don't know who even played for the Texans. I just, I just put Texans right there. Uh, <laughs> Davis know, Mills. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, okay. Ryan Tannehill, Mr. Trubisky, Tua, Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Zach Wilson. So that's sixteen, basically the thirty-two. Here's my top fifteen. Number one, I mean, and Kevin, me and you went back and forth. I'm gonna go with Aaron Rodgers because he did win the MVP, even though I think Tom Brady. Because that was still. I mean, Tom Brady put up more touchdowns. Yes, yeah. Tom Brady and more better, yards in the regular season, had a season than, than Aaron Rodgers. They did that thinking that Tom Brady was going to retire and not come back. If they knew Tom Brady was indeed coming back, they probably would have gave it to him. Aaron Rodgers one, Tom Brady two, Patrick Mahomes three, Lamar Jackson four, Joe Burrow five, Russell Wilson six, Josh Allen seven, Dak Prescott eight, Matt Stafford nine, Deshaun Watson my number ten. Obviously, he probably would have been higher up had he been played, but he's still a Top 10 talent. My number 11, Justin Herbert. My number 12, Matt Ryan. My number 13, Kyler Murray. My number 14, Derek Carr. And my number 15, a one, Trevor Lawrence. That's some impressive company to be in. Now, I, uh, I will say this about Trevor Lawrence, too. I mean, Kevin, I know we was going to you know, talk about him, Um, you know, who's going to be his weapons for him, like who's going to be an impact player for the Jags. You know, uh... Number one, I think it's got it's got to be Trevon Walker. He's got he's got to pay dividend. Number one overall pick, sure. He's got to pay dividend. Now, I'm not saying he got to be defensive rookie of the year, but but double digit sacks, really, really like being impactful game in the game out, and obviously Devin Lloyd. You know that guy they drafted back in the first round to get out of Utah. I mean, the difference is this: Trevon Walker, no 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 All American list, no no award list. No all-conference list. Devin Lloyd, first-team first team All-American, Pac-12 player of the year, defensive player of the year. People go, wait a minute, in the Pac-12? Yes, Kayvon Thibodeau is in the Pac-12, who went five overall, and Devin Lloyd was the number. He was a – so it, it just showed you the type of player he was. Sure. But for me, Kevin, the guy that's going to have to be impactful, Evan Ingram. The tight end position at Jacksonville, woo, and old Shaq Hennessy, I love you to death, but it has been hard – to watch. I think that a guy, you know, like Evan Ingram coming, you know, former first-round pick, get signed a one-year deal coming over from the New York football Giants, going to have to be impactful. And I'm sorry, Kevin. I mean, you know, the reason why, you know, uh, the reason why, you know, uh, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs and those guys are getting those big contracts, it's because of Christian Kirk. 
Christian Kirk got an $80 million deal, and he's never been a headliner uh, when he, his four years in Arizona. Now he's got to be the number one receiver, you know, uh, you know, coming, you know, for you know, for those uh for those Jags. So for me, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Devin Lloyd, and obviously Javon Walker has to be impactful players. And on top of that, obviously now uh, Travis Etienne to help a one uh Trevor Lawrence. But yes, Trevor Lawrence, my 15, uh my 15 rated quarterback in a in a in a league that has a lot of mm, a lot of question marks. But sure. I do I do got him top 15. Those hey. guys, and mind you, when I say those guys, I mean, I mean, some of these guys, I'm sure, I mean, I got Maddie Ice as number 12, and that's and that's just off, you know, what he's meant to the Falcons and what he's done. You know, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson was a top five pick before he missed a full year. But come on, man. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Jared, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, Marcus Mariota, Winston, James Winston, you know, Ryan Tannehill, Trubisky, Tua, Wentz, you know, Cousins, Lance, Fields, Jones. And Will. I mean, these guys, some of those guys are going to their second year. Certain guys, they've been, they've been elder statesmen in the National Football League. But I think that Trevor Lawrence, he got a shot to have a I, big bounce I, back I, I think that would surprise some people over some guys that you, that you could put in there uh, at 50, especially that Jacksonville was so dysfunctional last year. Not his fault. Uh, you know, you got rid of Urban Meyer uh, to try to control some of that. But you're coming from a franchise that has been kind of dysfunctional, and you're going to have him as a potential top-half quarterback in the league. I'm not saying he can't do it, but how far of a leap is that for him year one to year two to get to that point that you think he's going to be at? I, th- I think the leap uh, is very, 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 very doable, Kevin, because of Doug Peterson. I think sometimes there's certain things that happen when you talk about uh, – when you talk about uh, you know a successful franchise, either you got an elite quarterback, either you got a great, you got a great head coach, or you got a great connection with the if, offensive coordinator. If, quarterback. if Urban Meyer's still there, how f- much farther down the list do you have him? Uh, he's he man he bottom 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 twenty, like because I think what happens is Kevin, look, Nate Nate, okay, I mean the thing about it is this, right? You know, Big Ben, Mike Tomlin, he went from Kyle to Mike, to Mike Tomlin. I mean, great relations with the with the with the you know uh, with the quarterback and the head coach. You talk about Joe Burrow, you know what I'm saying, those guys. I mean, I, I just think that the thing about the Trevor Lawrence, think about this, Kevin, you know why people's head scratching? Because we've never seen Trevor Lawrence not play well. I mean, I didn't know him in high school, didn't didn't lose a lot, if any, in high school. Only lost, what, two or three games in college. I just think the thing about Trevor Lawrence is he he's a proven winner because he proven winner doesn't mean you're going to win a bunch of games. That means that you ain't a front runner when you're losing games. Trevor Lawrence not a front runner when he's losing. He was able to cut the kind of salvage the season they had with Urban Meyer, with Chris Doyle, with you know, with Trent Baalke, with with Mike Tum, with with uh with uh Tim Coughlin, with Tim Tebow. It's a lot of stuff with James Robinson yeah. and all this stuff that was going on. So to pick back to back and back to back no one overall picks means that you didn't get it done. But I think that you Kevin, yes, he can make a quantum leap. I don't think he got to go to the Super Bowl like Joe Burrow, but as far as numbers in the AFC South that now has Matty Ice, no Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill, and the Texans. Hey, he got a shot to be really, really good. Now, who they play out of conference? Because those Falcons out of conference, they got yeah. the NFC North and the <laughs> NFC West. Woo! Well, we'll get to That's that on Thursday because it's uh, depending on how they stack those in there, it could be uh, brutal for those guys. But you look at uh, you know Trevor Lawrence, and you look what the uh, the, the Jackson do. I want to go back to your list. You have Matt Stafford behind, uh, 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 not Deshaun Watson, um, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Matt Stafford has a, has a Super Bowl. He Dak does. Prescott. Dak Prescott, I mean, people are just hoping they win in the postseason. Yeah. Why Why? Why that? I, I would say this. <clears throat> the thing about Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford does have the hardware. Matthew Stafford also has Cooper Cup, right? Uh, the, the the Dallas Cowboys' number one receiver is out of town. Now, Amari Cooper's gone. Well, I mean, there was a time when you said the Dallas Cowboys had one of the best offensive lines. Oh, they did. Oh, they did. I mean, they, 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 he they had did. weapons. But this is the thing, right? 
Dak has Dak has to fill a lot of holes, just like a Matty Ice. People go, but he got C.D. Lamb, and he got he got he got Michael Gallup, and he had Amari Cooper, and he had Zeke. And like the thing about it is the thing about the Dallas Cowboys, Kevin, we got to get past the star on the helmet and the stars on the field because the one that bring it all together is Dak. Is Dak? If Dak had if Dak had Cooper Cup and not Amari Cooper. It will probably be a totally different season for him. Let's not act because let, I mean I got Jared Goff way down his list. You know what Jared Goff did not have in his disposal when he, when he was in the Super Bowl with Sean McVay? He had a he did not have Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was hurt. People said well, he's they made that big. Yeah, Cooper Cup played in one Super Bowl. He was Super Bowl MVP. I think he makes a huge difference. He was also Offensive Player of the Year. He also is responsible for the second greatest season we've ever seen from a receiver. The first being Calvin Johnson. Both you know I had Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. Um, I just think that the thing about a guy like Dak Prescott, I think he's a really, really good player. I really, really do. I think that sometimes he get a bad rep, Kevin, for where he plays, not how he plays. But, I mean, I got him at number eight. I got Matthew Stafford number nine. I mean, yes, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is going to win the Super Bowl in the, in the media every 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 offseason because it's Dallas. Oh, they, oh this is going to be the year right here. It's not. Let, let's just go ahead and put it out there. But everybody got a chance to move up on this list. I got I got Trevor Lawrence number 15, Kevin. By the end of the year, could he could he be number 11? Could he could – he, uh, could he get in that top ten? I mean, Justin Herbert had five thousand yards passing last year. Never got in the playoffs. Never been haven't been to playoffs since he got in the league. The one thing about Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Dak, Matt, and Deshaun—they've all been to the playoffs. So my top ten has all been Dak Prescott. I mean, Deshaun Watson just got a two hundred and fifty million dollar contract extension to go to a team that's only giving him a million dollars in twenty twenty two because they think he's not going to be there most of the year. Right, Josh Allen has been the MVP conversation. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers have won the MVP. You know who's never won a regular season MVP? Deshaun Watson, who's number 10. Matthew Stafford, who's number 9. Dak Prescott, who's number 8. Josh Allen, who's number 7. And Russell Wilson, who's number 6. And Joe Burrow's number 5. So my top four have all got regular season MVPs. Two of them got Super Bowl. Uh, no, three of them got Super Bowl MVPs. Right, and Lamar Jackson. As, you know, has won a playoff game. So I mean, I, I like my list. I, I like how I like how it looks. But like I said, this thing definitely had a chance to change before it's yeah, all said. Yeah, again, I'm interested to see what Trevor Lawrence because again, he was the number one pick. Yeah, people were saying he was going to be the number one pick when he showed up at Clemson. Yeah. Right? He showed up at Clemson. This kid's going to be the number one pick. There's a lot to live up to. I mean, again, number one picks: Mariota and RG three, one and two. One's out of the league trying to get back in. The other one is basically. On a stopgap con- stop contract with the Falcons. A couple years ago, it was what? Uh, uh, with Jameis Winston? I'm, 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 yeah, Jameis Winston or. or, or no, 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 I'm sorry. It, it was, it was Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. It was RG3. So I'm sorry, you're right. It was RG3, RG3 and, 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 and Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Yeah. So Andrew Luck. But like you said, Andrew Luck and RG3, both of them. But Andrew Luck played. I would say he paid out. Andrew, yeah, Andrew, Andrew Luck retired. RG three probably got retired because he's like, look, man, I'm tired of being yeah. backup. He's in the booth. But but no, Kevin. Look, I will say this: it's hard to live up to it. Like the greatest number one overall pick we've ever seen, probably Peyton Manning. When you look at arguably the greatest regular season quarterback we've ever seen, won two Super Bowls. Even though that second one's more Von Miller and uh, you know uh, Demarcus wearing that defense. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Kevin, he was a can't miss. He's the greatest number one. Uh, overall pick we've seen since John Elway and these guys, right? But the problem is where you go has a lot to do with how you look and how you finish up. If John, I mean, I mean, make no mistake about it. If uh, Russell Wilson doesn't go to the Legion of Boom, doesn't go to to Seattle with the Legion of Boom and Beast Mode, his career is different. If Tom Brady got drafted by the Cleveland Browns, I don't care who he is, he doesn't become what he's becoming. 
So a lot of it has to do with where you go. I mean, Ben Rosenberg did it with one squad for his whole career. Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, Eli Manning did it with one squad his whole career. New York Football Giants, and I know that Philip Rivers spent one year, you know, uh, you know, uh, with the Colts, but really did it with one with one team. So where you go has a lot to do with it. How many quarterbacks we talking about have Hall of Fame worthy careers went to Jacksonville? Mark Brunel, no. Byron Leftwich, no. David Garrett, no. Blake Bortles, no. Gabbert, no. It's hard, right? The last ten. Listen, I got a chance to play with. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, with Steve, Steve McNair, the man. I also got to play with Vy. Totally yeah. different, and I love both of them, right? But you know how it is, Kevin. At the end of the day, right? Um, Ronald Cunha Jr. is a superstar. One because he is, and two because of where he plays. Because where you play has a lot to do with sure. it. Mike Trout is probably the best in the game. Don't make the playoffs, but he's the man now. So I just think that when you think about these quarterbacks. A lot. Now, what got everybody thinking it don't matter no more is Joe Burrow. Second year, Super Bowl. And 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 I know that's pressure, right? But Joe Burrow, I mean, he played okay his first year at LSU, went undefeated in 2019, got hurt in 2020, went to the Super Bowl in 2021. So, it, so it's crazy, but I do think having a guy like Trevor Lawrence, he boosted he boosts the uh, energy and enthusiasm of the entire organization, but but he got to go out well, there. I think if done. the Jags made the playoffs in 2022, oh my, Kevin, if they made that the playoffs, be- he's top 10. If the Jags made the playoffs, the Trevor Lawrence is the starting quarterback all season. He's in the top ten because we're talking about the Jags. And if you want to know how bad it's been with the Jags, get a beat writer for the Jags. That's, oh my god, <laughs> it's, it's been rough. Like you think? I, I mean, honest to God, you think? If, I mean, obviously he would be having a tremendous yes. season to make it. But I mean, you think people would say Trevor Lawrence top ten quarterback? Yeah, just by them making the playoffs. Yeah, Kevin, think about this: if you did not cover football, but you was only a just if you just watched it, and somebody said the Jags in the playoffs, you like you going the Jaguars? You gonna say how? Because you're you just looking at the culture there is. Only one stadium has pools in it. Just know that. Only one stadium <laughs> has pools in it. So I, I just think for me, Kevin, though, we it's just it's just crazy when – listen, Sam Howell said I've never eaten steak. You go, that, that, that's impossible. <laughs> right? Right? The Jags ain't far. We talking about making the playoffs. I mean, they, were, they had the AFC championship. They did. They did. But hold on. But they, I but understand they, what you're saying. They yeah. also had Calais Campbell. They also had Unique and Doc. They also had Leonard Fournette. And they've they also been had what, Jalen Ramsey. And they've been, what, in the playoffs once in a decade, basically. Yeah. That's not that, good, that, yeah. That, that's Detroit Lions type stuff. It really is. And who picked second in the draft? Detroit. <laughs> Amen. We'll see. Again, I think Trevor Lawrence has the makings of it. I would like to see him go out and do it. And yeah. we'll see where he goes. But Ben's got him number 15. Hey, man, I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm 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 keep this list we'll, all year. We'll address it and see where Ben has him at the end. Now, if they go 3 and three and, thir- three and 14. Oh, yeah, this, this thing just yeah. magically disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> what list? Well, well if they we... go 3 and 13, I'm going to look at what he did individually at that point. And we got more to come here. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here. 3 and Out, Braves and Red Sox coming up in just a little bit. College football. Uh, ben, we talked earlier about NIL. A lot of folks talking about competitiveness. We talked, you know, Mike Leach talking about, hey, we should open this thing up, let more teams have a chance at uh, getting into the college football playoff. But how many contenders do you see here in 2022, I mean, and obviously people say, well, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, maybe Ohio State, Texas. I've seen people throw Texas up there and Notre Dame in certain scenarios. So, so that's six for four spots. Do you see a, a Cincinnati or a UCF out there where people say there's going to be somebody coming off the radar to hopefully uh, crash the party? Or are we looking at Power Fives throughout this thing? It's going to be P Fives throughout. Because Kevin, this is the thing. We, 
give him, I'm having like a birthday. <laughs> UCF went undefeated one season, right? They lost only to LSU the next season. Cincinnati only lost to Georgia two years ago. Had to beat Notre Dame this year to play an Alabama team. The reason why it's not going to be a UCF in Cincinnati, we act as if they didn't do what they had to do to get in the position they was in. UCF was not rewarded during the college football playoff because I don't think the college football playoff was ready yet. Because they lost, and if I'm not mistaken, they lost to uh, Joe Burrow and company in the bowl game. Yep. This is the thing. You talk about Alabama. You talk about Georgia. You talk about Clemson, right? You talk about no, I mean, you talk about uh, you know, outlier like maybe maybe like a Texas, maybe like a maybe like a USC. But this is the thing, Kevin. Some of these teams got to run the gauntlet of making out of their. Uh, obviously, you got the usual stuff of Ohio State. I forgot to say them because Harbaugh for all you saying, oh yeah, we are gonna go to run. They will get the hell beat out of them by Ohio State. I guarantee. Michigan ain't beating Ohio State twice. But this is the thing. Only certain conferences get rewarded for running the gauntlet. And that's in the SEC. If you lose one. Right, and you a top tier team, Alabama, you know, twenty nineteen, you know, maybe Texas A&M or or Georgia, you're gonna be fine. Clemson is gonna be really, really good this year. They lost, they won ten games last year. Oh my God, they're the worst. I think what happens is, Kevin, we're not rewarding conferences anymore for really, really good teams throughout the conference. The SEC will get rewarded by that, but the Pac twelve ain't doing that. The Big Twelve ain't doing that. The Big Ten show ain't doing that. So I, I think that the reason why it's not going to be a UCF or a Cincinnati is, is because we forget what Cincinnati and UCF had to UCF actually paved the way for Cincinnati. They couldn't do it, the two of them, like we already did the UCF, right? Let us do the same. And now these teams are different. What I think UCF is going to a different conference now or, or something like that. So I, yep. I, so I just think that if we're being honest, what, what Mike Lee said is, look, man, the it's already set before we even kick off. Let's just call it what it is. Because, Kevin, it used to be a time there were eight, nine, and we was pushing that eight, nine teams maybe. And some of that was based off of tradition of the school, sure, not actually what well, the school has done as of late. Yeah, I mean, and again, I know you have to play the games on paper. Or you don't play the games on paper, I'm sorry. But uh, we saw this a couple weeks ago. We had the uh, ESPN computer projections where they said, what are the possible scenarios mm-hmm. of the college football playoffs? And the top five outcomes – uh, of the college football playoff, rotated basically six teams. Right? I mean, so it was, it was Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. Notre Dame was in one of the five scenarios, and I think Texas was in one of the five scenarios. So you basically had five of the most popular outcomes. I I don't think they gave like a percentage of which was, was most likely, but it may have been up to a 50% chance of one of those five outcomes happening. Featuring five, six teams. Yeah. So, uh, again, before we've even played, I think that's tough. I mean, to, to come out, uh, the NFL is going to drop their schedule on Thursday. To be able to say, we know who's going to be in the conference championship games, I, I don't think you can say it with as much conviction as you can the college football. Right? You could say, oh, I feel like Tampa Bay is going to be there. Well, are they? Oh, Buffalo's going to be there. At one point, everybody's saying Buffalo's going to make the Super Bowl. Nope. So, I, I feel like in that league... It's hard to even say who's going to win. You have favorites, obviously. Yep. But it seems like in college football, we can get it down very close before the season even starts to who 
we think is going to make the college football playoff. Now, do I think Texas is going to be there? I don't know. That he's, they better that, show that, me something. That would, that would be an but, outlier, I mean, Notre outlier. Dame certainly uh, has been getting a lot of preseason love. And to me, that's one of those things where you start, and as long as those teams don't just fall off a cliff, they're going to be there. Georgia, very manageable schedule. We've talked to a number of people who've said, look, this year's schedule might actually be easier than, than last year's schedule uh, at the end of the day. So you beat Oregon, and it may just be a matter of, you know, if is Florida good enough to beat you? Is Tennessee going to, outside of that, who's going to knock you off? Alabama. There's a lot of people that think you're better now than you were last year. Lost in the national championship game. What'd you do? You went out and got one of the top running backs in the country transferred from Georgia Tech. You may get the Belitnikoff winner transferring in. You got Eli Ricks. I know he got in some legal trouble, but Eli Ricks, one of the top cornerbacks. You, you, you got Burton, in. a guy that was supposed to and, be a key contributor for Georgia right, to come who, over. Who, who went over. And that's just and you, tra- got the, and you got the two best players in the country in Will Anderson and Bryce Young. Right. And, oh, by the way, if you, ha- if you have any depth concerns, you had, what, the number two, number three recruiting class. Yeah. In the United States. So, you just re- so, again, you look at it and say, we haven't even started. We're not even close to fall practice right now. And most people feel like within a team or two, you could pick the playoff right now. I, I don't know if that's good for college football at all. Who's a party crasher we're not talking about? I don't see one uh, right now. Maybe it's a Texas A&M. If they could beat Alabama again, yeah. might be a party crasher. But outside of that, where's it coming from? I think people going into last year said Cincinnati's going to be fun to watch. Why? Because they, they have a chance mm-hmm. uh, to get there. And up until the last week, I think people were just waiting for them to lose so they yeah. could kick them out of there. Yeah. But they made it. Ran the and, 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 and they did, did not they embarrass told. themselves yeah. against Alabama. Yeah. So, but I don't see a quote mid major team it's, like it's, that right now. It's, and the thing is, too, Kevin, when you start talking about like, you know, this really comes down to it's it's the SEC or the field, right? Well, Clemson used to used to be really really good for the field because of how good they were. Now, obviously, they had a ten win season, but we've grown to expect them to just beat everybody in the ACC, go to their AC championship, and you know, it'd be slotted for you know a college football playoff berth. <clears throat> Texas, if Texas if Texas is a college as a win the college you know make it to the college football playoff, it would be because they beat Oklahoma and they won the Big Twelve. Like that that's only because that's what Michigan did. Michigan beat Ohio State, won the Big Twelve, right? Mm-hmm. USC got Lincoln Riley because everybody expect Oklahoma to take a step back because you know Caleb Williams he goes over to USC to follow Lincoln Riley, even though Brent Venables is going home. I mean, it's not going to be a Coach Frost type, Scott Frost type thing in Nebraska. But Kevin, I mean, could it be that maybe this Oklahoma, you know, uh, machine ain't as ain't as you know ain't as fine tuned as we think? Because Lincoln Riley is a hell of a coach now. Back to back number one overall picks, back to back Heisman's, ain't nobody doing that. Plus, you got a Heisman Trophy candidate, Caleb Williams, that went over. Now, you said something. If Jordan Addison ends up at Alabama, it's over, people. No, no, no. it's that's it. Like, no, no, I don't think people understand. Like. As good as Kenny Pickett was, if Bryce Young is eligible to get drafted, he's going number one. Well, he ain't going number one because they only, he's going number two. He's going to Detroit. So I just think that, you know, with all this talk about DJU and Clemson and, you know, Stetson Bennett and these tight ends, you know, at Georgia with that defense. And, you know, uh, Notre Dame is always going to have a really, really good team because they just got their regular season schedule not having to play in the ACC. Uh, can Texas have can Texas and you know you know by John Robinson go out there and really make it happen? You know, I, can Texas and them get some get some return of investment on investment with some, with this number one recruiting class? None of that is going to deal with Will Anderson, Bryce Young, and company. Like it's beautiful to say it, it's great, but like you said, Kevin, people say Alabama fell off. Alabama won the SEC. 
Both of their starting receivers were hurt in the national championship. Because when they weren't hurt, it was not a game. And I don't want to hear this, well, everybody. No, Georgia got dominated in the NCAA championship game. I don't care what nobody says. So, but you know, so they're going to replace So if I'm replacing Williams and Mechie with potentially Burton and Addison, what? All I'm saying is it could get ugly, but Alabama going to be good either way. But, yeah, Kevin, six teams, maybe seven to eight. Because if, if it's a seven to eight team, it'll be a team like a – I mean, if I'm being honest, maybe like a, a Coastal Carolina or an App State that's not going to get the love anyway. People are not going to really give them the love they should because of the conference that they're in. And if USC is good enough to win the Pac-12, when they can maybe maybe they can sneak in there. You know, but Utah, man, even though my, my Gators got Utah first game of the year. <laughs> Those teams like well, a lot USC, of people said if Utah doesn't beat Florida right out of the gate, they're done. So I mean, it's uh, and, and that's another thing too. Like it's to the point where the top six means this: can you lose a game and still get in? Because if you can lose a game and still get in, you good. Most teams got to go undefeated. Just ask Cincinnati. Just ask the Notre Dame of the world. We will see what happens with Kevin. Texas. Wow. If they go from we're back to <laughs> we in, you know, I, I'll be, I'll definitely be shocked. Maybe, with that. maybe they can say we're back if they get in that thing. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. We got Braves baseball coming up here in just a little bit. We can get you ready for that when we return here. It's three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We're streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com, also on Facebook and Twitter. They always get that roll tied in there. No matter what Alabama mm-hmm. guy you talk to, they'll they'll work it in there. We got the Braves and. The Red Sox coming up next couple of nights. Uh, 6.05, we'll have pregame coverage. Kyle Wright for the Braves against Garrett Whitlock. Kyle Wright really has pitched well, uh, had the great performance in the World Series, and has parlayed that into a nice season. 3-1, and one, one seven four ERA, under 2, giving his team a chance to win. It'd be nice to go out and get a dub against the Red Sox, a team that's lost five in a row, Ben, and six of their last seven. So like to kick them while they're down, uh, if you will, and then try to win another, albeit short, two-game series, win another series, and keep some of that momentum going that they've built up over the last five, six days. Absolutely, Kevin. I think you said it the best. I mean, look, I mean, sports is one of those things where you, when they're down, you keep them down. I mean, you don't want them to get any any uh, any any hope or uh, any any way of thinking they want to get back because, I mean, the Boston want to try to get back to their winning ways. Like I said, everybody that play against the Braves, you playing against the World Series champs. But, Kevin, I mean, you mentioned it. Kyle Wright, the season that he's having. I mean, I know it's about Max Freed. I get it. Max Freed is the, is the ace, but it's it's good it's good to see another guy like Kyle Wright kind of Kind of coming into kind of you know uh, coming into form as well because you know down the stretch you want those bats to be hot but if those but if those that starting pitching is on, on fire that's gonna make this team that much more better. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we'll see if the uh, the Braves can come out uh, hot. Dansby Swanson swinging a hot bat as late. Obviously, Ronald Acuna two homers last series. Like to see that continue. Yeah, got the little LeBron. Is yeah. that what he, he got the little LeBron shout out? And you know that's uh, that's good. Obviously, when you get the little cross sport stuff. I know as you said when he came back, he was rocking the. The Trey Youngs, and then Trey, Trey, Trey. And then uh, oh, his last two homers. You've had the falling down homer, uh-huh. uh, where he was able to still hit it out, and then you had the uh, the last home run where he did what? Is, I don't know what That's that a move. LeBron. What did it have a name? Yeah, when you do like when LeBron does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when LeBron do something like LeBron, he did you when uh 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 yeah yeah yeah. That's LeBron. And, and like I said, too, man. The That's what the move's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. LeBron. Yeah, yeah. When LeBron does this, uh uh uh. uh. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's that LeBron right there. Okay. No. But try to listen, listen. I don't care. Listen, Acuna, do whatever you want to do. As long as you with them Bravos, do what you want. And I don't care what nobody say he fell because that was that Georgia Power just sticking him in his arm. He had the Georgia Power in his arm. That's what it was. Just that <laughs> shot of electricity. Got it. Kevin, I will say, Kevin, if you would have told me that it was a flower. 
I'll be like, what are you talking about? It's not a flower, it's a feather. I'm sorry, a feather. Yeah. I wouldn't, I'm like, is that a feather, right? I should have not said anything and just let you keep calling the Georgia, Georgia Powers. Pa- those Georgia Power uniforms from now. I know I'm not the only one that thought until, that. until the end of time. We appreciate Darren Heitner joining us back. Hour number one, sports attorney, NIL advocate, author of How to Play the Game, talking about the NCAA and their recent guidelines handed down about NIL. We'll come back. We'll do it all again tomorrow. If you missed any portion of the show, ESPNCoastal.com, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, And uh, we'd love to have you be a part of 3 and Out. Conversation continues on Twitter, at Pigskin Radio. We'll see you tomorrow here on 3 and Out.